0: Anybody who just started their business, thing you should be trying to do is maximize
1: the amount that you charge for your service. Price is an objective part of your business. The other option is you can charge less, but you're just not gonna make money and you're not gonna get out of the valley of despair. If you
0: can raise your prices, it's good for you, it's good for your employees, and it really is good for the customer. These guys who are calling around and getting prices and figuring out where to price their services, they should go find the most expensive plumber in their market, figure out what they're charging and charge more. There is no limit. Like the more value you provide, the more you can charge. What can I do to maximize my average ticket in my business? How can I maximize that opportunity so that I make as much money on that first call as I possibly can? And the solution is, what's up, Joel? <laughs> hey,
1: Jared, how you doing? <laughs> doing good, how are you? <laughs> dude, I'm doing good. It's been a long time, dude
0: um yeah it has been
1: yeah i mean our listeners don't know it but we
0: secretly record two of these a week we secretly got ahead and we missed what we missed a whole week
1: yeah because you were you were in fairbanks
0: i was back in alaska checking on the biz
1: yeah you should you should Mm -hmm. walk us through that how that experience went checking on the biz
0: every time i go back i'm like man i don't even need to come back here really was (laughs) it the same this time too yeah and i mean like i gave uh and i probably said this before but Yes, we're probably gonna do six million in revenue this year. Uh Like we're on track to hit that. Okay. Uh sounds like sounds like a a business that has a lot going on. Mm -hmm. The reality is if you came to my shop, you would be severely (laughs) disappointed, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you'd be expecting one thing and then we wouldn't deliver on that thing. Because we have just a small shop and it's I mean, it really it's a small business. There's only twelve 13 employees, right? Right. So it's a small business, but it's a small business that's capable of generating a good amount of cash, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I gave uh And that's kind of why I go up and every time I'm like, huh, I don't, I don't even need to come back here. Yeah, sure. It, it's because like I go to the shop and the only person really in the shop... He's got an office. It's my general manager. Yeah, and you you talk to him regularly. I talk to him regularly. We meet once a week. We Mm -hmm. have our meeting, see how things are going. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all the guys, like most of them don't even show up to the shop. Mm -hmm. They just go to their jobs first thing Mm -hmm. in the morning. So they're gone all day doing their jobs. Mm -hmm. Both CSRs work from home. They both have children, so Mm -hmm. they both just answer the phone from their home. Mm -hmm. And it works just fine. And so you go to the shop, and it's like, there's nothing going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I spend yeah. most of my time there just doing the work that I would do here. Yeah, sure. Just working on things that I would normally be mm-hmm. working on, which isn't the plumbing business. Yeah. Um, the only cool part about going back is I get to talk to Like, we bring our guys in on Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. We have a quick Monday morning meeting. Mm-hmm. I missed that because I flew in Monday mid-afternoon. Mm-hmm. But then Thursday mornings, we have a training. This training, we actually skipped we shortened it to like 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. because we were so busy we needed to mm-hmm. get some jobs done we were getting behind yeah um and so but that part's cool it's cool just to say hi to everybody mm-hmm. say what's up that's about it were they happy to see you technicians i don't honestly i feel like they could care less sure i took everybody out for a beer and pizza mm-hmm. um one night And just to catch up with everybody, see Mm -hmm. how they're doing, Mm kind of gauge the the atmosphere, the culture, the The attitudes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's the same thing every time I go up. It's always it's it's always the same. It's so weird to me still to this day, Mm -hmm. how it just runs, just keeps going. Right. Mm -hmm. We built this thing that was that we built a thing with a system. Right? So the business sure. has a way of doing business mm-hmm. is basically what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the business mm-hmm. knows the way of doing business. Sure, And so everybody does the way. And as long as everybody's doing the way, it just mm-hmm. runs. And if somebody gets out of line or gets steps off the path of the way, mm-hmm. right? my general manager goes, nope, nope, nope. This is the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the business runs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Fairly uneventful.
1: Is there... Cause I know you've had some like tr- some new technicians come in. Mm-hmm. Is there like, cause I know you also have the technicians that you've had there the whole time. Yeah. Is there some technicians who like don't necessarily even know who you are? Like mm-hmm. when you get a new guy now, like do they even know that Jared Williams is a thing or do they just like show up and it's like,
0: they know I'm a thing. Cause when they come in, we run them through an onboarding process. Yeah, and you're
1: in that. And, and you're I'm like, in, this is who yeah. I am. And all I'm in the stuff. videos. We're talking mm-hmm. about the company,
0: how it started, yeah. what our mission and vision are, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but they've never met me. So like when I go, co- like I went up and I met one of the new guys this time. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, how you doing? Talked to him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Super cool, dude. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Mm. Gotcha. Peace cake. Yeah. Everybody's just out working. Yeah. They just show up and go to work and they show up. They keep showing up because we pay them more. Mm-hmm. We give them better benefits mm-hmm. and they pro- and they, pro- they have more freedom. Yeah, are working mm-hmm. for us than anybody mm-hmm. else mm-hmm.
1: that's interesting because that's sort of a mirroring of your personal values mm-hmm. where you're somebody who likes to make money but you also value freedom mm-hmm. and so it's interesting to see how sort of those values trickle down into what your guys experience to a certain degree in yeah. their workflow yeah when
0: when i sought out to build the company it was i always wanted to provide a good place to work for my employees right and so Naturally, I go okay. Well, what do I want in a good place to work? What right. would that look like to me? Mm-hmm. And then I provided that for my employees. Mm. Um, so some guys don't like it. That's fine. They don't have to work there. Sure. Some guys are like me, and they like it. Mm-hmm. And so they end up working there a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's ticket. Yeah, and it, it's really like the culture we have, you know, cultivated, and the way we pay our guys, the way we treat our guys. It really cultivates, you know, it really cultivates like the high performers. Sure. So, and I think it's important when you're setting up your business, you don't want to cultivate a culture that Mm. attracts the paycheck chasers or the guys who just want to show up and do just enough, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you can attract A players, Mm -hmm. then your business is going to be easier to run. Mm -hmm. So paying them or you're going to attract you're mm-hmm. gonna attract all of them. Like everybody wants to get paid more. But yeah. specifically, like mm-hmm. A players they care more about making more money than they do about even like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other stuff in your company. Sure. So like for me, when I was working, I was I had a family and I was trading my time for money mm-hmm. and I wanted to maximize that as much as possible. Right. Even if I had to put up with some crap to maximize that, mm-hmm. I was willing to do that because mm-hmm. I wanted more money, Right. right. Um, and then the other thing is like when you come in and you, and you build the culture of, Hey, here you get paid more here, you have more freedom to do things your way that attracts a players, um, and you have, you know, you're supported and you have all these extra benefits, Mm -hmm. then you can take those employees and you can hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. So you can say, Hey, here's the metrics we need you to hit. And then we're going to measure you based on these metrics. Mm -hmm. And like we pull our guys in every quarter Mm -hmm. and we just Mm -hmm. show them the data. Mm -hmm. Like, here's how you're doing. Here's where you improved. Here's where you need improvement, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're always striving to get better at this company. Mm -hmm. That will naturally like paycheck chasers hate that. Sure. Because then they
1: have to confront their weaknesses. Yeah.
0: They're just trying to show up and get a paycheck and go Mm -hmm. home. Right. Mm -hmm. They don't care if the data says, you know, their conversion rate is low or right. they're not giving enough options or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The A players are like, oh, I can do better because sure. if they do better, they make more money. Right. The paycheck chasers, they don't really care. Right. Um, so naturally, they don't like being held accountable and so they end up leaving, Right. which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of been able to, you know, promote a culture of, like all my guys work hard. Some mm. of them sell more than others. Mm-hmm. Some of them get more five-star reviews than others. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, are easier Mm -hmm. people to deal with than others, but all of them are cool dudes. All of them work hard. Mm -hmm. All of them make us a lot of money. Yeah. It's cool.
1: Mm -hmm. On one of our recent coaching sessions, you were Mm -hmm. talking about the evaluations for your guys, but Mm -hmm. I thought it was cool because then you also implemented like a leadership evaluation, Mm -hmm. which I think was a very cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, You should walk us through what that looks like and what your thought is behind having an evaluation for, well, one, for guys, which we sort of already talked about, Mm -hmm. but then also for leadership as well.
0: Yeah. The whole time I've built the company, it's really been like a top-down approach. Mm -hmm. So it's been like, okay, I have an idea and I have a way that I want this company to run. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to structure it this way. And then, you know, general manager and then Mm -hmm. technician, like, and CSRs, you guys, this is how we're doing it, right? right? Um. And since then, like we kind of built the company mm. and then we went through and made changes. Like once we got it up and running, it was like, okay, this thing runs, but now let's make it run even better. Like mm-hmm. let's optimize this as much as we can. And so we would go in and we would just, you know, it's basically like looking at data and then mm-hmm. making informed decisions based on the data. Right. So after we'd been up and running for a year, year and a half on service site and we had mm, sure really good data, right? Mm. And so we started going in and going, okay, what is the data telling us, um, you know, over time, what is it saying that we can do better? And we would look at those things and say, okay, we need to make this change. We need to do more training on this or whatever, right. Mm -hmm. To try to optimize the business. Um, Dude, I remember where I was going with this. We're oh, talking the thing. Mm-hmm. It's top-down approach. Yep. We made all those decisions
1: top-down, mm-hmm. right? And by top-down, you mean that you were just like, "I lead this decision. Here's what it is. Now go forth and execute." It was
0: really like me and the general manager mm. looking at data and going, "Okay, what does this mean? And what mm-hmm. do we think we should do about it?" Mm-hmm. And then we would go implement.
1: Sure. And by implement, you'd be like, "Hey guys, this is how we're going to do stuff. Technicians, CSRs, yep. go do it."
0: Yep. Here's some changes we're making. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So and lately we've been realizing like for a lot, sometimes you just have to do that. Yeah. Like if it's a no-brainer thing where it's like this has to get done or, or else we're or, gonna die, right?
1: Or if it's like, hey, we need to raise prices, you're not gonna be like, let's get buy-in yeah. on price raising. Like no, I'm that's- not
0: I'm not gonna go to the technicians for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but lately for a lot of the stuff we've been going, okay, how mm. like I wanna get more employee buy-in. Sure. Right. Because if you think about it. These are the guys that are going out in your company mm-hmm. and they are doing the work. They're seeing the customer. They have a unique perspective on your business, mm-hmm. right? And they see things that you don't see. And so to leave their opinion, you know, untouched right. would be a shame. It'd be a waste. Sure. And they're all very talented. They're all very smart people. Mm-hmm. They're all bought into the culture. They all mm-hmm. care a lot. And so to not get their opinion would be a waste. Right. Um, so, number one, like we started going, okay. And that's actually what we did on our, when I was up there on our Mm -hmm. Thursday meeting, we were thinking about some pay structure changes Mm -hmm. and I said, Hey, let's just go to the technicians Mm -hmm. and let's tell them what we're thinking about. Let's get their input Mm -hmm. and get their buy-in before we make the change. Mm. That way it's not just us going, Hey, here's how we're going to change your pay structure. It's, Hey guys, here's the numbers we've been crunching. If this is what we're thinking about doing, here's why. What do you guys think? Is this something you want to try? And they get to go, oh, yeah, those, I see why you're thinking that. Those mm-hmm. numbers seem to make sense. Um, yeah, I'm down to try. Let's do it, right? Now they're bought in to the thought or the action from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not us telling them what to do. It's them going, yeah, let's do this together. Yeah, It's a big difference mm-hmm. than just this is how we're doing it,
1: right? Yep. And if they have any reason to protest and they don't, yeah. and then later they're like, this sucks. You're like, dude, we had an opportunity. We talked about this. It was an open conversation. Like, why didn't you say something then if you saw this problem? Yeah, well, and for up? us,
0: like with like with this change, when we were pitching it, like they had some good insight on mm-hmm. it that we didn't think of mm-hmm. as managers, right? And so we ultimately said, okay, well, let's try it we'll revisit and if you guys, you know, have other input or don't like it, we can always revert to the to the past way, right? Um, so it was good. It was good to get that buy in and and get their understanding of it before we even implement it. Yeah. That was it was cool. Mm -hmm. Um and I think it makes them not only not only is it good to get their input, but I think it makes them feel Mm -hmm. valued, cared for, Mm -hmm. their opinion matters. Mm -hmm. Um and and it really does. So you want them to feel that way.
1: Yeah, and then they feel like they have more of a stake in the company because they're participating in the decisions. Yeah. Like not necessarily the generation of ideas, but Uh in the we contributed to this going forward and we all had our buy-in with it. Yep. Um, Exactly. Yeah, I think that's very cool. Um, we've talked about this before though, about specifically what you were shifting in their pay scales. What was that, that you shifted in their pay scale? Hey, if you want to take your plumbing business to the
0: next level, you're going to want to join our coaching program over at Wealthy Plumber, where you can get everything you need to grow a multi-million dollar plumbing company, including pricing calculators, SOPs, email campaigns, and the whole nine yards. If you want to check it out, go to wealthyplumber.com. That is wealthyplumber.com. So we used to do... We track everything in our company on hours sold. So sure. if like if you go in YouTube and you get my hourly rate calculator, mm-hmm. it'll give you how many hours you need to sell to cover your expenses, make your profit margins, la da da. It's the exact same calculator we use in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we track like daily, like did we sell enough hours? Mm-hmm. Yes. Or what profit margins did we hit today? Mm-hmm. Right. We can check that daily, weekly, mm-hmm. monthly. Mm-hmm. And then we can go look at our P&L at the end of the month and the numbers should align. Mm-hmm. If our hour sold says we should have hit 20%, then our P&L should say 20%. Yeah, right? Gotcha. So it's kind of like a quick check into your business.
1: Is there a different way that you could track sort of the same metric of profit other than hours sold that maybe you've tried before you know that other guys do? Um, I don't know of anything. Maybe like revenue? Because I know sometimes like... People will be like, "This the, is my revenue that I track." The and problem with revenue mm-hmm. is,
0: like, I could go sell a hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment mm-hmm. for a hundred and two thousand dollars, and I had a hundred and two thousand dollar revenue for the day. Right. Even that, I could sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff in one day. Yeah. But fifty thousand of that could be equipment that I had to go buy. Right. So sure. I really only sure. made fifty grand that day. Or I could go sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of labor in a day. Yeah. Two very different things, same revenue numbers, right? Yeah, gotcha. So its I don't think it's fair to track just revenue. Mm. Um, I think you need to track hours sold, right? Because hours mm-hmm. sold will give you a much better idea of how much profit you're actually making on those jobs. Mm-hmm. So you could do... I mean, there needs to be some... And the hours sold, its it's a relative number like it's not mm. it's just a metric that you're tracking you're assigning a sure. value to something mm-hmm. so every single task has an hour value mm-hmm. it could it doesn't have to be an hour value it could mm. be a unit it could be a unit value mm-hmm. or just some measurement right mm-hmm. it just makes sense to do hours because it makes sense in the way we think and it mm-hmm. makes sense because now we can uh, tie it to our hourly rate. And all of that good stuff, right? Okay, gotcha. So it's just a metric that you're measuring on the daily Mm -hmm. that now, if you use our calculator, you have Uh, the ability to go look at how many of that metric you need in order to hit certain profit margins, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just a quick way to measure success of your business, daily, Mm -hmm. weekly, monthly. Is it 100% accurate? No. No. But it's close
1: enough. Sure. Right? And that's why you have multiple checks and balances to yes. see if the systems that you have in place to yep. measure success are all actually working properly. Now, in our when you do these hourly rate calculator reviews with guys mm-hmm. in the course, mm-hmm. is there like this moment where their guys struggle over the hour sold concept? Like if they're coming from maybe a time and materials background or maybe they don't have a flat rate system that's super robust. A little bit. Is there like a learning curve that happens in there?
0: A little bit. Because um, ultimately, yeah, I feel like they have an easier time if they're coming from time and material because they have an easier understanding of we build time and we build material. Right. 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 Which is not that, like that's not how you want to do it to the customer. Right. But when you go set up stuff in Service Titan mm-hmm. or in most softwares, what they want you to do is they want you to build a task. Right. right? So you're going to sure. build a task to put in a toilet flapper mm-hmm. and it's going to have a time value Mm -hmm. and it's going to have a material value, right? right? So you're going to enter those numbers in your task and then once you get all of your tasks built out for your price book, then you're going to go enter a cost for that time value or how much you're going to charge for that time Mm -hmm. and how much you're going to mark up those materials, right? Gotcha. And then Service Titan is going to calculate the cost for that task, right? right? So when we... it's So it's really an... time and material situation when you're putting them in service time Mm -hmm. where most people go wrong is like they don't when they're calculating how much their plumber's time is worth Mm -hmm. they don't think Mm -hmm. about all of the expenses of your business right so when you're coming up with how much your time is worth you really have to go okay when i'm selling the customer an hour Mm. i have to account for all of my expenses to cover that one hour right 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 even efficiency needs to be factored in there because mm-hmm. your guys aren't going to bill out sure eight hours a day right national average they're going to bill out five right right mm-hmm. five to six basically um and so you need to factor that into that one hour that you're selling the customer right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's where most people go wrong yeah gotcha but so once you understand that it's like okay so I need to come up with an hourly rate that covers all of my expenses. Mm-hmm. And then I have materials separate, Mm -hmm. right? And then all Service Titan is doing is saying, we have this many hours, it's going to cost this much, and we have this much materials Mm -hmm. with this much markup, it costs this much. Here's the price. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Simple. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. The other thing we implemented or we're about to implement, um, we're coming up on the end of the quarter here. Yeah, we are end of this month. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Dude, third quarter is almost over. Wow. Um, time flies when you're having fun. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Uh, we're so we do quarterly reviews with our guys. Mm-hmm. We created a Google form, which is super mm-hmm. cool. Um, to How get, do you
1: create a Google form? Is that just like a Google? Just thing go to Google, Google? Forms. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Super so you just, cool. Send you Google Google Forms, and then it's like here's the thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you just invite people to go fill it out or send
0: them cool. the link or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. And they can fill it out and you can select it so that they can submit anonymously. Yeah. So we've got it set. We've got a bunch of questions for them to review the management. So my general manager to review the CSRs, to review myself. So we're going to give it yeah. to all the technicians, and we've got one we're giving to the CSRs mm-hmm. where we can get their feedback on like how the management is doing mm-hmm. you know, on a whole. This is quarterly? This is quarterly. So we're going to go, and none of them know this yet, but we're going <laughs> to... Hopefully they don't listen after to this. After their <laughs> quarterly reviews, some of them do, um after their quarterly reviews we're going to send them this survey so they can then review us as yeah. well every single quarter yeah which i think will be super valuable information yeah. it'll give us a good idea of how we're doing right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you've got 9 or 10 technicians
1: working for you right
0: and one of them comes to you mm. and is like, dude, this really this thing sucks, right? It's a big deal. Yeah. Everybody's
1: talking about it.
0: Yep. So then you as the business owner, or you as the general manager, you're like, oh, crap. Like everything's, something. everything's going to hell. I got to do something about mm-hmm. this problem. If you send out a survey, right, and you tell them, look, the survey is anonymous. Answer the questions honestly. Like this is your chance to let us know of anything that we need to get fixed. Mm-hmm. And you send out a survey and nine of your technicians don't have this problem, but one of them does, it's likely a yeah. problem with that person. Right. Um, And it's not a problem with the whole team, right? Right. Which doesn't mean that you don't need to address it. Of course. But it just helps you understand how to address that problem. Yes. It's not a team-wide problem. It's a person problem. No, you right? don't have
1: to go in and tweak a whole system right. because of somebody's <laughs> perceived systemic problem. Yeah. It's just a person. just like, thing.
0: oh, okay, I just need to, like, Either educate this person, train this person, or treat them a little differently. Right. Or maybe try a different style of communication or something. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's going to be super valuable moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how how it goes um, in this quarter and then the next quarter too. Yeah. And just to see like the consistency of buy-in from the guys and what the answers yeah. they give and if it's actually helpful. Because yeah. it's like at some point there is always the danger that it just won't be helpful. That guys will just. It'll just be... It'll either be exaggerated or it just won't be attended to. And then... But it's better than nothing. I think it's going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. What else is cool about
0: going back is just seeing... So I've got some of the guys... Like you mentioned, I've got some guys that have worked for me for a long time. Some Uh, of them are new. mm -hmm. The ones that have worked me for a long time, it's probably more important to go back,
1: say hi, see how they're doing. Yeah, they like you. I mean, especially the ones who were with you when you started. Yeah. Because they're like, dude... They ultimately came to work at
0: Prospector. Some of them because it was me, right? Some of them, some of them because it was better pay, and it was me. Some of them, it was just better pay. They didn't care about me, <laughs> yeah. but some of them, like they're, you know, they wanted to come work for Jared, right? Don't know why. <laughs> don't understand that to yeah, this day. I don't know why either. <laughs> but uh, those guys, yeah, it's cool to go back and see one of my guys, because you know I've been dealing with. Like the business is doing good. We've got other businesses going on. We're making money. And then I get faced with these huge tax bills. And so... (laughs) (laughs) Rich people problems. Rich people problems. It's like, I got rich. Now I got to spend all my money on real estate or I give it to the government. And now I'm no
1: longer rich again. Yeah. See like whatever episode before we talked about that.
0: Yeah. Um, So I've, you know, I've been buying houses and I've been thinking about. Like some of my guys, like some of my guys are single and so I asked one of my guys, I was like, how much money do you make last year? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, I made $145,000. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what tax bracket are you in? He's like, did I pay like 30% in taxes? Mm. And I was like, dang. And so I quickly did the math and it was like, it's like 45 grand, maybe 48 grand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty high, somewhere around 45. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, uh, he came in the shop one day and I was like, dude, come here. And I took him over to the whiteboard. I was like, <laughs> look. You're giving the government $45,000 right now. If you just stopped giving that to the government and instead took that $45,000 and went and bought a $200,000 house, right? Mm -hmm. You, and then do a cost segregation on the house. Mm -hmm. It's likely that about 80% of that house, he'll be able to depreciate Mm -hmm. that first year. Mm So $200,000 house, 80%, what is that? I have no idea. That'd be 80 grand, 160,000, something like that. Right. He'll be able Mm to roughly, maybe. Sure. These are rough numbers. They Mm -hmm. always are. Mm -hmm. He'll be able to (laughs) until you do an actual cost segregation. Of course. But he'll be able to probably depreciate his entire income, which Mm -hmm. means he will owe no taxes. Right. So instead of giving that 45,000 to the government, Mm -hmm. he'll have bought a house Mm -hmm. that he can then go rent out and the house will gain in value. And his renter will pay it off, mm-hmm. even if the house doesn't make him any money. It's right. just a wash, right? Right. So I was like, I pitched that to him. and I'm like, you should like, why aren't you like, you should do this, mm-hmm. like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like right now, you're just giving your money to the government. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, if you do this every year for 10 years, 10 years in, we did the math. Like, how much he gains on that mm-hmm. first house, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Number one, he gained forty-five thousand dollars in equity, right? So his net worth went up forty-five grand because instead of right. giving it to the government, he put it in an asset. Right. Which mm-hmm. the difference between what he owes on it, what he owes on it, and what it's worth, right, is equity. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So he gained forty-five grand in equity, mm-hmm. day one. Yeah. Um. Then after ten years, it pays off. I, we did the math. I want to say it was around thirty grand. Yeah. So now he has forty, fifty, sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars in equity after ten years mm-hmm. plus the appreciation of the asset. Of course. Let's say it's worth another fifty grand. Mm-hmm. He just made that's a lot of math, hundred and fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred and fifty thousand of that one house, right? Now he's making that every single year. Right. Every 10 years off the house he bought 10 years ago, he's 115,000 ahead. Right. Not to mention, he's just going to keep getting ahead on that first house. Like if yep. you go out 30 years now, he's probably made like 600,000. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and he's a young guy. He's only like 30 years old. Mm-hmm. So if he just did that every day for, or for every year, year for mm-hmm. 30 years and bought 30 houses by the time he was 60, he would increase his net worth by $600,000. Mm-hmm. Right. Per house. That he has paid off, um, and he would be getting rental income, right? Yeah. So he could probably retire just off the rental income, right? Hmm. And he would have have a ton of equity. Mm-hmm. He could then go pull out a line of credit on the equity, mm-hmm. live off the line of credit, and spend all the money he makes buying more real estate and just keep it going, right? Mm-hmm. Totally wild. What did he think? It was super cool because he called me last night and he was like, "Dude." Uh, he said it just like <laughs> yeah, that. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Him. He's like, dude. Uh, I'm going to look into their house. Found a house to buy. And I was like, dude, sweet. That's rad. Yeah. Um. He was like, yeah. I found this house. It's two hundred thousand. Needs a little bit of work. The um, cool thing is, is he could probably do a he lot can. of the work himself. It's all. It needs plumbing work, which
1: is just a beautiful, dude, like, a beautiful situation. Super cool. And he already works on the
0: side, anyways. So it's sure. like, dude, just go instead of going and doing. Work for your aunt over there. Go yeah, like go fix. You work, work on your own yeah, house your own and then investment. rent that sucker out. Yeah, so he'll have even more equity in this place because as soon yes. as he gets done working on it, it'll all it'll immediately be worth probably fifty thousand more than what he bought yeah. it for. Mm-hmm. So he's probably going to gain ninety five thousand in equity the mm-hmm. first year, mm-hmm. right? Freaking rad. Mm. Well, all with money
1: he would have given to the government. Yeah, if he paid taxes would you ever consider having sort of a financial education program that you could offer to your plumbers within your company as sort of just like an added benefit? Like, even if you just made like a school course, you're like, Hey guys, like, listen, you got a 401k. That's cool. But the amount of money you're going to make here, you could actually utilize in different ways. I just want to equip you with this possibility because I think it'd be cool because like part
0: of the switch we made with our, our payroll, the way we're doing payroll is we're switching from, you know, we went into hours sold and I didn't really explain like how we did it. Yeah. Basically, as they would sell more hours, right. we yeah. would raise their hourly wage that they got paid right. for, for the the time that they worked. Yes. Right? Yep. So yep. if they sold 25 hours, they would go from $45 an hour mm-hmm. on their paycheck to $55 an hour on their paycheck.
1: Right. So there's an incentive to go out and do a good job. And
0: sell more hours. The problem was... It, and it's cool because we track our business by hours. So I can mm. I know like when they sell twenty-five hours, I'm I covered all my expenses. We hit mm. our twenty percent profit margins. Mm-hmm. Anything after that is gravy. So if I can give my technicians a piece of that, then awesome. They make more money, I make more money, right? right. It's a win-win. Yeah. Um but the problem was it was hard for them to relate their like how many hours they were selling with how big their paycheck was going to be
1: yeah because it's kind of like a they have to do some math and it's not a, and... it's not a
0: one-to-one it's not yeah. a i sell this i get this yeah right yeah sure and so we're switching to a commission so now they mm. get their base whatever base hourly rate they're currently at mm-hmm. plus a commission mm-hmm. right i um, mean i calculated it over the last couple of years if we had done this everybody would have made a little bit more money right and I pitched it to him, and I said, "Hey, I think this will work because I think it will help you guys relate mm-hmm. the work you do with how, with how big your paycheck is." Yeah. And I what I think is mm-hmm. going to happen is that that's going to make us more efficient. And mm-hmm. I said, if that makes us more efficient, mm-hmm. I'll raise this commission because it's money out of thin air. Yeah. It's just created out of nothing. Yeah. Right. If we gain efficiency, it just creates more top line revenue for yeah. me. So yeah. I don't mind giving the. Technician, another chunk of that money, right? Like, why yeah, not? Sure, of course. Like, I'll make more money, and you can make more money. It's not costing the customer really anything more, mm-hmm. um, and it's a win-win, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I really think it's a win-win-win win because I think what happens right mm-hmm. now is the technician, like when you go to somebody's house and you're looking at their system and you're thinking about stuff and you're presenting them with a bill, you're mm-hmm. thinking okay, I'm presenting this bill to the customer and they're going to have to pay this, right. right? And it's not something that you would want to pay for. right? And so it can be tough for the technician to go there and do that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think what happens is when they're in the middle of something and they're like, oh, snap, this thing over here is broken. Yeah, ah, I don't want to mention it because they're already spending a lot of right. money, right? And that's where I think we're going to see the difference between the commission is they're going to go over there and they're going to look at that thing and they're going to go... Uh, they're already spending a lot of money, but mm. I could get a little bit of commission off of that thing. Right. right? And they're going to be able to go, this is going to be like another $1,000. Mm-hmm. That's more money on my paycheck. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, whereas before, they were like, this is worth so many hours. I don't know how many hours I'm at. I don't know if it's going to make a difference <laughs> on my yeah, paycheck or not. I don't know, know if not. this
1: is actually going to get me to the next threshold to where I make right. more money. So now mm-hmm. there's
0: no threshold and yeah. there's no limit either. Sure. So, and the reason I think that's a win for the customer mm-hmm. is because I, I am of the opinion that if you're at somebody's house and you notice something that's wrong in their house, yeah. that you're doing them a disservice if you don't mention it to the customer, Yeah, right? sure, of course. Um,
1: Think about a doctor. Oh, like doctor yeah. doctor example. If the doctor goes into your body and he sees a bunch of stuff wrong and he's like, I don't want their medical to bill to be huge. We'll just fix the broken arm and not the cancer.
0: Yeah. It's just and like, then two weeks later, you come in and the doctor's like, oh, yeah, I saw that two weeks ago. And yeah. you're like, you piece you're like, of crap. You're like,
1: excuse me? What, did, what happened <laughs> here? Yeah.
0: Yeah, same scenario, right? Mm -hmm. But for the technicians, it's they're in a little bit of a different headspace. So I can can try and train them on that all day long, and I can preach that to them all day long. But if I can train them on that and they can tie it to their paycheck, I think it's going to help them be able to present those options to the customer.
1: It's like a double reinforcement. It's like, hey, not only is this good for the customer, but it's also good for you directly to your paycheck, not in an abstract way.
0: Yeah, so it's like creating money out of thin air. Yeah serving the customer better the business Mm. gets to make more money which means i make more money and if we structure it properly the technician will make more money because of it yeah right they're already going to make more money just by mentioning more stuff right right and so then if i can bump up their commission because we're actually selling more work Mm -hmm. cool yeah awesome like i want my guys to make as much money as possible right um and still maintain business profits Mm -hmm. that's what i want Mm -hmm. that's that's like my ultimate goal like how can you guys make as much money as possible how can we maintain profits and how can we provide a really good service to the customer Mm -hmm. to where they're happy they're getting what they want and what they need Mm -hmm. and they're happy about it right they're giving us five-star reviews yep
1: because that's going to just perpetuate the cycle it'll just keep going right Mm. yeah and i think when people like hear this and they're like oh this doesn't like they have a doubt in the system i think Uh uh-huh if you go to your reviews, you see you have so many good reviews. Yeah. That it's like, okay, well, the customer has sounded off on their opinion. And they're mm-hmm. like, Yeah, this is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like this, what you've run so far at your plumbing company, the customer says, Yeah, this is good. I'm I'm down with this. It's not even just that it's good. They're like,
0: This is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Right? They're like, This yeah. is freaking really good. Yeah. Like you
1: like my business. You either hate us or you freaking love us. Yeah, because it's either it's way too expensive or, man, this is really cool because I feel like that this service was well done and executed and all these boxes were checked. Exactly. Yep. Yep. There's no in between. I think it would be super cool if you did do like a financial education component to your company for your guys. Only because then... Not only are you equipping these guys with enough money to like live a good life, but you're also equipping them beyond what you can provide them. Yeah. Because you can only provide them a paycheck that is so big, right? Those guys aren't going to make a million dollars a year. No. But if they put 10 years at your company and each year they're buying an investment property, they could get to the point where they can actually put serious cash away. Oh, yeah. And then you can say, hey, man, think about this. Before you leave my company to go do something else, you're at year five. Well, let's just pretend like they're at year two and they've only bought one house, maybe. Or you can even paint the picture and be like, the longer you stay here, first off, you're going to make this money, if not more. And with that money, you can invest, which I can teach you how to do because I built this program. And so it doesn't just make sense for you to stay here longer. And then what's cool is from like, because if I was an employee at your company and I was pitched this idea, I was like, dang, so you're saying I can make enough money here to buy a rental every year mm-hmm. to then increase just my net worth so that in 10 years I might not actually have to do this and you're like yeah I'd be like dang that's that's pretty rad yeah like I have a lot of incentive now to stay here and do a good job because the out isn't a 401k when I'm 53 and a quarter or whatever and that's the thing like all these
0: guys have 401k's they have pension plans they have all that stuff but it's like you do the math it's not I don't think it's going to be enough.
1: Well, and it's also dependent upon so many things that isn't the individual. Like your pension and your 401k has nothing to do with you. It just exists, right? And we hope that it's going to do whatever it's supposed to do. But the minute you start investing with your own energy and your own time into real estate, other things, whatever that may be, now suddenly you're in the driver's seat to control that asset, which is so much more powerful. Yeah, I wouldn't,
0: me myself, I wouldn't want to rely on one... No. Source of income.
1: Especially one as dodgy as a 401k. <laughs> <I> no, <know. laughs> like a 401k like, is pretty dodgy, man. <laughs> it
0: is. And uh and like I'm that way right now. I don't put in a 401k, but like like I look at my plumbing business and I'm like, okay, this is cool. This makes a lot of money. It spits out <laughs> a lot of cash. But <laughs> but and I I look at everything this way. Yeah. How can we decrease the risk in this? Yes. Right? And it all like in your in your business, it's like okay, let's increase margin and mm-hmm. that decreases risk. Yeah. And you have a few ways of doing that. Uh, you can uh-huh. charge more. Mm-hmm. You can get economy of scale mm-hmm. or you can cut expenses, mm-hmm. right? So the game should be, how can I offer this really good product as cheap as possible and charge the maximum amount for it so that right. my margin is as fat as possible? Mm-hmm. And as you scale, right, you get more margin, right, which decreases your risk. right? Because b- business is risky. Of course like, it is. It's
1: you got people involved you got marketing involved there's a ton of moving parts right mm, you have a global economy involved you got all sorts of things all that sorts of stuff you have a, a list of things that are in your control and then you have a very large list of things that are not in your control yes yep and that margin every time something goes haywire then potentially you need to cut into that margin to cover the haywire yeah and if you don't have very much of that then when things go bad then you will just, just cut you're into, done yeah you yeah. don't have anything to cut and so the only
0: way to decrease that risk is higher margin, right? Um, more cash, Mm -hmm. even, even just building a bigger business, right? So Mm -hmm. in the beginning stages of your business, you might, your business might make 200,000, 300,000 a year. That's some cash, but if you have a just slightly bigger business, it's not a ton more risky, but yet it can make a million dollars in cash. Mm -hmm. Now you have more cash to mitigate that risk. Right? Mm -hmm. So. Not only do you have more margin, but you have more cash as well. Yeah, so it's like double. Yeah. Um, my mentor always says, "What did he say?" It was his business coach that told him, mm-hmm. "Any business could go under 90 days. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. 90 day business is doing really good. That's scary. 90 days later, they're done. Mm-hmm. Right? So knowing that and th- and looking at my plumbing business, it's mm-hmm. like, yes, it spits out a lot of cash. Yes." I could probably Mm -hmm. run it for the next Mm -hmm. 10 years, 20 Mm -hmm. years, have enough money to retire, never have to work again. Mm -hmm. Right. If I kept my living expenses super low, I could probably retire in like three years. Sure. Um, But I look at it and I'm like, okay, I need to diversify my risk. I need Mm -hmm. to create more margin Mm -hmm. and keep going so that ultimately it's like I got so many things going on that if one of them fails, it's no big deal. Yeah. And that's how these guys that work for you are as well. Like, yeah. They're putting all their eggs in one basket. They're yes. working for you. They are putting away in a 401k, maybe, if you've got one. yep. And they're relying on that yep. and savings. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not
1: enough. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. No, I think it's really cool to be able to teach them a long perspective in the system in a systematic way too yeah. on what they can do with their future to sort of change the scope. Cause like the same thing that we try to do in this podcast where we're yeah. just trying to talk to the plumbing business owner about mm-hmm. the value potential within their company. Yep. Like you can do that to your plumber technician, the value potential that he can do if he just uses things he doesn't know. Yep. Like you make this money, make these investments. And it doesn't have to be a complicated thing. Like for you, you can just you can just make a program. That'll take you a couple weeks and then be like, oh, there it is. Hey, guys, yeah. access this. Yeah. Hey, Eddie, make sure that they're accessing it so they know it's there, right?
0: Yep. Yeah,
1: I should do that. Yeah, I think it'd I'll be. I'll have you make it. Yeah, okay, I'll put it on my <laughs> list. <laughs> and then, Kostin, what are, you, what are getting, you doing today?
0: I'm getting real, you know, one thing I've, like, you know this, I've been on my calendar kick. We talked about it on a it's podcast. It's cool kick. It's if you can live and die by your calendar and you can figure out how to block out time for things that need to get done. Mm-hmm. So like go figure out your recurring things that you have to do every mm-hmm. week in order to get to where you wanna go. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna back up. Set a goal for yourself, mm-hmm. number one. Mm. And then number two, break that goal down into steps. Mm-hmm. Like what what do I need to do to get to my goal? Mm. If you don't know, go find out. Like go do the research, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like how do I get to this goal? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes if you have a really huge goal, you got to break it down into smaller goals. Right, of course. And then go write down your recurring tasks, right? And go write down the one-time tasks and throw that crap on your calendar. Mm -hmm.
1: And you will be surprised at how little time you have left in the day. Or you'll be surprised how poorly you use your time. How poorly you use your time. Because you could also see that like, oh, I have a lot of time via my calendar, but I feel that at the end of every day and every week, I feel like I'm pushed. Yep. Like I don't have enough time to do the things. Yeah. And a lot of times that's just because your attention is drifted somewhere where it doesn't need to be.
0: Yeah. Like you're scrolling through social media on your phone. Oh, yeah. You're watching too many YouTube podcasts. Yeah, or you're, um, yeah. Which I wouldn't say is a waste of time. Like if you own a plumbing business and you're listening to this, mm-hmm. that would be a good use of your time. Yes. Um, but if you own a plumbing business and it's not going so well, and mm-hmm. instead you're sitting on the couch scrolling through useless TikTok stuff yeah like that's a waste of your time yes um but yeah lately like on my calendar click Mm -hmm. click (laughs) well it's like we gotta click a guy's use a calendar yeah you know on my calendar together
1: on my calendar kick Mm -hmm. um didn't we make a joke about this mountain biking? Like, uh, I don't know, calendar did calendar boys or something? <laughs> no, like, I don't know, Yo, really put tough. it on my Cali or something like Yo, that.
0: Yo, dog. Put it on my Google Cal. So it's a whole new way of thinking about it because like being a plumber, you don't use a calendar, right? Let alone but, a Google calendar. Dude, yeah. But once you're a business <laughs> owner, the sooner mm. you can adopt your calendar, the, and the sooner you can identify the things you need to do to move forward, and the sooner you can mm. put those on your calendar and then live and die by your calendar. So- My calendar's got my sleep. My calendar's got wake up and brush your teeth. (laughs) My calendar's got, (laughs) like, it's got, like, go start the coffee pot and then go brush your teeth. Yeah, And then it's like, go drink your coffee and read your Bible. Mm -hmm. And then it's got, then I spent an hour reading a book. This is a new one I got Mm -hmm. because I was trying to read my book at night Mm -hmm. and I just, I didn't have the attention span for it. And so I spend an hour reading a book to learn something that I need to learn. It's yeah. like my study time, mm-hmm. right? And then I go work out for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I've got shower and eat breakfast. And then it's like my whole workday is planned out the day before. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing today at these times. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, like number one, when you're putting stuff in your calendar, you'll be like, dang, there's like no white space left. Yeah. And then you'll be looking at your to-do list. You'll be like no wonder I feel like I don't have any time because you don't. Yeah. You don't have much time. It's the one thing you don't have much of. Mm -hmm. So like you talking about making a class for guys. Yeah. When you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lately I've been like, okay, I have to, there's, I have so many recurring tasks that I Mm -hmm. do that the white space is so small where I have to go. Okay. Let's like, okay. I agree. This is a good idea. Sure. Let's have somebody else do it. Right. Here's the guidelines. Here's what I want to see. Hey, homeboy, you, you right. implement this because mm-hmm. I don't have time. Mm-hmm.
1: It's awesome. So I've been thinking about this with sort of when you go back to setting that goal. Mm-hmm. And I think, tell me what you think about this. But what would it look like if before you set that goal, you establish for yourself, the as much as you can, I guess, the values that you choose to live by? Because I think those values are going to inform that goal. yeah. And that will eventually inform the company that you start.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's not I don't I don't know if values is a good way to think about it. I mean maybe it is, but I would say a better thing to do would be maybe not a better thing, but probably a more important thing to do first Mm -hmm. is just figure out what you want. Sure. Which
1: is which can be really tough. Yeah. Like I think we all know our values. I think we all know We might yeah, we might live them to some extent, but to quantify them in like a sentence, I think is hard. But I think, think it's important. I think if you quantify your
0: values and then use your values to figure out what you want. Yes.
1: I think that would probably be the best way to go about it. Yeah. And 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 it's freaking tough. I think it is tough, but I think it's worth thinking about until you can do this. It is. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine last night and he had a buddy who helped him like define why he was working where he was. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was is like, "Hey man, why are you working at this company?" And he's like, "Well, cuz I want to make a bunch of money." He's like, mm-hmm. "No, you don't, cuz you're still working here. It's a startup, right?" Yeah. And he could go off and make a bunch of money with his skill set. Uh-huh. And he's like, "No, that's not why you're here." And he's like, "Oh. Well, I guess you I guess you're right." And then the guy just broke down to my friend just what actually he was doing. Yeah. But it gave him clarity because he's like, "I've been operating out of my values. Like I've been doing things properly with integrity and all these things, but I haven't actually had a finger on what they were. Yeah. And I think it's important because then you can use those to sort of line be in alignment when you set your goals. So when you yeah. do fill that calendar, the mm-hmm. things on there are actually moving you towards your goals instead of just things that you put on there. Yeah, I agree. And then one more thing I was thinking about the calendar is it's a really useful tool to take the abstract and put it into the concrete. Yeah. Because again, like... As a plumber, you're used to dealing in the concrete. And so suddenly when you have all these like floaty goals, like yep. I have a business and I have to do these things and get these things done, mm-hmm. they just stay up there. But once yeah. you put them on a calendar that you have to actually live by, mm-hmm. then suddenly it's a concrete idea. Yep. So it's cool. It's almost like the final step where you take all this stuff and then you put them, well, the second to last step. The final step is implementation. Yep. But you put them on a thing and then you actually do it. Yeah. So like anybody who
0: just started their business if they can just go, okay, I'm going to be a technician between these hours and these hours. Mm, This mm -hmm. is technician time. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be super helpful. Mm -hmm. And then what are all the other things in my business that I need to do to move my business forward, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's schedule out time for those. Mm -hmm. Well, where am I gonna fit it at? You gotta fit it in there somewhere if you wanna move forward, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then like next step, you start hiring guys, you Mm -hmm. finally pull out of the truck, you're in the office, now you're in this whole new mm-hmm. realm that you've never been in before. Likely, most of the guys have always worked in the field and now they're coming into an office position and what happens when you're in an office mm. position is you have an infinite amount of things that can be done. Yeah. Cuz you want to take your plumbing business to way out here and there's a gazillion things you got to do to get it there and you'll just start working on something. <laughs> that's like something that's obvious the to the first work thing on, in front right? of your face. And you'll be like, your attention will be pulled all over the place and you won't actually know like, okay, I got to do this and Mm. then I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. Sure, you won't have a system of approaching the problem solving. Exactly. And once you like start to live and die by your calendar, then when you go to work, you'll be like, okay. Mm. Even if you do it at the beginning of the day, like sometimes I just wake up and I go, okay, I got to fill my calendar for the day. Mm -hmm. I go to my to-do list, like things that I need to get Mm -hmm. done. You know, I have like immediate to-dos and I have things that need to get done in the next week, things mm-hmm. that need to get done in the next couple weeks, things that need to get done this month. Um, And I just drag those things over and put them in my calendar. Like, yeah. okay, let's fill mm-hmm. up my schedule for today. Cool. Now I'm busy all day. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I know exactly what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the things done, their immediate needs mm-hmm. on my to-do list, and I'm making progress. Yeah. You're still knocking out your to-do list. So helpful. Yeah. Because... If you don't do that, you'll always feel like you Mm -hmm. have way too much to do Mm -hmm. and it'll be really hard to like go to work and stop
1: work and -hmm. then go home and spend time with your family. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, if you get used to doing that before you get in the office, Mm -hmm. you'll understand that the time to be a technician is done. Yeah. So you don't have that temptation to go, well, I'll just get in the field and go out there and really make some money today. Yes. Because like, yeah, you you can not do that, I suppose, but yeah. you're going to trade momentum for the rest of your business. Yeah. and But I think like even with you, I don't know how much of a temptation that was with you, but I do feel like that even with you, it was like, oh, I could just go and do this. Ah, I, like, I could just do this task <laughs> and we could get it done. And you know, But you had this technician out there in the field, you're like, no, I'm just going to let him do it. Yep. I'm just going to let him figure it out for the next six hours when I could knock it out in three. When you start hiring employees, you start to realize
0: that you have to let them fail. <laughs> Right, (laughs) and so you can you can set them up to the best of your ability for success. (laughs) You can train them, you can guide them in the right direction, but then you have to let them go do their thing, even if it means they fail. Yeah, and you have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And then when they fail, you have to go, "Hey, man, Mm -hmm. like that didn't work. How'd that work out for Mm -hmm. you? Maybe you should try it this way next time." And then it'll be like. Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I see why you say it, to do it this way. Yeah, right. Um, it's a that's that's a tough lesson to learn. Like yeah. when I was in the field, I was the guy that, if me and you were working together, mm-hmm. I had the tools. You were handing me stuff. Yes, right. We're lifting <laughs> the heavy things. We're sweeping yeah. the corners. All the it's fun like, stuff. No, I was the one in there doing the work. Right. Um, and you can't do that when you start hiring technicians. You have to let them do their work. Yeah, and you need to stay not out of it 100%. You need to know what's going on, but you need to just mm-hmm. hands off. Let them do their thing and you do your thing mm-hmm. in the office. Yep. Yeah.
1: Super important. Cool. Hey, even
0: even to this day with my business how it is, mm-hmm. I still have to do that. I have to mm-hmm. go. You guys got it. You can handle it. Mm-hmm. Things happen. Like it's not like my business is perfect. Like things break, things go sure, wrong. Of course people do stupid stuff, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they all just handle it, right? Right? They're all good employees. Which
1: is what you, you want to see them handle it anyway. Yeah. So that, cause if you're always handling it, then well, then you're still doing it. Then I'm the one yeah, handling it. Yeah, exactly. It. What, That's what, what, what not the point good. is this business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. not giving you the freedom that you want.
0: Like it could still make me a lot of, you know, a lot of money, but I would be, I wouldn't have the freedom, like you yeah. said, yeah. yeah. I'd still be heavily involved and I don't yeah. need to be. So why? Yeah. And honestly, like most of my guys or even my general manager, they'd they'd get pissed at me if I went in there and was like, do, do, I'm yeah. just going to handle this, guys. They'd be yeah. pissed. They'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, stop it. We like, got go this. Away, go yeah. away. Get out of here. You don't think we're capable? Yeah. You don't think we can
1: do this? Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a question. Um, hit me. This from comes from Trevor Duncan. Trevor Duncan. What up, dog? Yeah. Um. He says, hey, by hey. the way. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to read through this and then we can talk through it. Cool. Um, okay, hey man, a couple of questions. I'm taking my contractor's test in California in five weeks. Maybe you can answer them for me here or on the podcast. I'm trying to structure pricing for my future HVAC company. You say to charge 400 an hour and I do agree with that, especially once I'm legit and have to add costs for insurance and just general business costs. My question is, do you use the same pricing for service calls or large swap outs only? I can see a 400-an-hour charge for eight hours to replace a system, but 400-an-hour for a service call to repair something, I just don't see how I can sell that. Anyway, if you can answer that for me, awesome. If not, no worries. Love the content, man. Big listener of the pod. Nice. Trevor, thanks for the question, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast.
0: Yeah, super cool. Yeah.
1: Um, I would
0: say, so first of all, I do say like minimum 400-an-hour. But in reality, you if you're watching on YouTube, you should go, and if you're not, go to YouTube. Mm-hmm. In the description of this video and all of our recent videos, maybe even all of our videos, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a link to our hourly rate calculator. Just go get that sucker and use it, right? There's a video that
1: comes with it. Just watch that video.
0: There's a video that comes with it that... It's probably gonna get updated to be even better. I saw in your face you went, Oh crap, I gotta make a new yeah. video. <laughs> I it's like that thing I forgot. I gotta yeah, put it in my yeah. calendar. Yeah. Right?
1: I'll do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Podcast break. Yeah. <laughs> Jared's gotta put something <laughs> in his calendar. Um no, but I would say go grab that calendar because yeah, four hundred dollars an go hour. Go grab that calculator. Calculator, sorry. Four hundred dollars an hour is a n is not just some number that we pull out of our butt. It's mm-hmm just a number that we see very frequently, right? Yeah. So but what it is is like if you go through the calculator, you can calculate what it costs you to run your business for where you're at, sure. So and what I mean by where you're at is where you're at geographically, right? Mm. So, mm, sure. It's cheaper to live in Florida than it is in New York City. Yeah. So plumbers in Florida are going to be able to be cheaper because it's not going to cost them as much to run their business as somebody that's in New York City. Yeah. Right? So, a lot of people look at my calculator like we run ads to our calculator on the internet and a lot of people comment like like how, like there's no way this works cuz I'm in New York City and yeah. what if yeah. somebody over here there's no way they can all charge the same. I'm like no dip, Sherlock, <laughs> yeah. because you you're not going to charge the same. It should be yeah. based off what it costs you to run your plumbing business, right? Yeah. So in the beginning stages, like this guy doesn't have a business yet. He's working on it. In the beginning stages, you need to calculate what it's going to cost you to run your plumbing yep. business. Mm-hmm. And then start charging that from the beginning mm-hmm. so that you can get there quicker. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the more you charge, the faster you get there. Yep. Like I said in this podcast, the thing you should be trying to do is maximize the amount that you charge for your service. Right? right? So... Yeah, that, like the way to think about that is there's a point in your business. It's what we call valleys of despair, mm-hmm. right? I wish I had a, a board I would just draw this on, okay. but I don't. But basically... Someday. If you've got two axes, right? Mm-hmm. Or axes or whatever you mm-hmm. call them. And as you scale across, you know, let's say left to right, you scale, right? Mm-hmm. And then top or bottom to top, you gain efficiency, mm-hmm. So as you scale your business, you gain efficiency, Mm -hmm. right? So I have a business and I bring on a technician, Mm -hmm. right? I have $100,000 in overhead and it's just me. Mm -hmm. When I go bill out to the customer, I have to cover all of that $100,000 in overhead Mm. plus a profit. Mm -hmm. When I add a technician, right? Let's Mm -hmm. say the technician is only 20 grand to add in. Mm -hmm. My my overhead only goes up by 20 grand. So now it's 120,000, but now I have two people that Mm -hmm. can go out and bill. So I just doubled the capacity of being able to bill, right? Mm -hmm. So now Mm -hmm. each person is only responsible for 60 instead of one person being responsible for the whole hundred, right? Right. And so that just keeps going. As you add more technicians, your overhead will roughly stay the same. Mm -hmm. It will only go up by what it costs you to add that technician, right? right? Mm -hmm. Um, So things like shop rent insurance, mm-hmm. like a bunch of the costs of your business all stay relatively the same, or they just go up a little bit right. when you add in a person. So the more technicians you add in, the more you split up your overhead for your mm-hmm. business. Okay, mm-hmm. There's a point in your business, there's multiple points throughout the journey of your business that do this very thing. Mm-hmm. And this applies to any business. It's always yeah. the same. Uh-huh. Like we see it in, in our buddy Alex's business, mm-hmm. right? So you and start out. He's not out, a plumber, by the way. He's not a plumber. He's got the same problem. Trying to talk him out of it, but he's <laughs> pretty stubborn. Um, He'll get there. He will. I believe in him. Um, so basically, when you first start, right, and you get to this point where you have three technicians, okay, and at that point, what you you really need a CSR. Mm-hmm. You need. You have three technicians. You need a small shop. You have all the proper insurance and bonding and all that mm-hmm. stuff you if you're keeping your guys busy then you need to be spending enough money on marketing mm-hmm. you need to have a marketing company on retainer mm-hmm. you need to have at least four service vehicles right because if one breaks down you need to be able to have another one there for the guy to run on mm-hmm. um, you need to be on service titan you need to have ipads you need to have uniforms like all of that stuff right, right. and so you can pull three technicians into your business but the second you get like three guys they really need somebody to lead them, right? right? And the business really needs a manager Mm -hmm. and it needs you to pull out of the field, Mm -hmm. right? And so the second the the owner is not out in the field billing anymore, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden that increases the overhead a lot, right? right? So there's these points in your business where in order to scale, you have to increase overhead a lot, Mm -hmm. right? And those are called valleys of despair because Mm -hmm. you gained efficiency Mm -hmm. by adding three technicians but then the second you pulled out of the field you lost some yeah right and what you're no longer out
1: there billing yep and here's but you're still taking a paycheck
0: yes and here's what most mm. people do this is where most people fail mm-hmm. This is mm. where everybody fails right mm-hmm. If you fail this is where you fail mm-hmm. you either don't charge enough mm. to ever get out of the field right so you can never stop billing right because you have to be generating income in order to Mm -hmm. make a paycheck
1: and then you're basically then you're capped on scale because you can only hire so many guys and manage them well from the field
0: yes exactly that's where i've seen countless business owners get stuck yeah right and it's just because they're not charging enough to actually pull out of the field Mm. and grow their business (laughs) um Mm. or they charge just enough to get out of the truck Mm -hmm. But then they go down in this valley of despair they lose the efficiency the second they do yeah and they just stay there right yeah and it's just a vicious cycle they mm-hmm. never get out of the valley mm-hmm. because they have to charge enough to get out of there right sure it takes the it takes like to get out of there you have to grow right you mm-hmm. have to gain more efficiency mm-hmm. to get out of
1: there sure and efficiency in to, comes in the form of more technicians
0: yes and in order to grow mm-hmm. you have to reinvest back into your business mm-hmm. which means you have to take some of your profits and reinvest them back in your business in the form of vans, marketing, mm-hmm. tools, more guys, right? Yeah. But if you're in this valley of despair and you're turning just enough to be there, you're not making any profits. Sure. You're just collecting a paycheck,
1: yeah. basically. And your guys are just collecting a paycheck.
0: Yes. And you can never reinvest back in the business. Mm, so you're sure. Cause so yeah, you don't have
1: you don't have any margin. You're cut co- yeah, you're constantly so stuck. You had margin until you pulled out and then you yep. lost all your margin. Yep.
0: So, what happens is people stay there forever mm-hmm. or they go back in the truck mm-hmm. or stay there forever or go back in the truck or stay there forever when right?
1: they stay there, what do they think is their problem
0: you They usually think it's more leads mm-hmm.
1: sadly, yeah, yeah.
0: They're usually like, I just need more leads or I need better leads or I need cheaper marketing or I need to lower my expenses. Yeah, because they're
1: thinking the the path to efficiency is just doing more. Yeah. So like when they're thinking of scale, yep. they're thinking of if I get more leads, that's going to increase my scale. Yep. At some point, if I get so many leads, of course, I'll have to hire a guy to be yeah. able to handle the lead flow. Or they might say, I just need better guys. I need guys who can bill out more.
0: These yeah. guys suck, yeah. right? Um, but the reality is, like, your guys are only going to be so good. You get what you get, right? It's <laughs> yeah. just how it is. Like, yeah. you can only get so good at guys. You're not going to get all super rock star dudes yeah. who are as good as you are. And statistically,
1: right? like, A players are A players because they're more rare, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like exactly. if everybody was an A player, honestly, everybody would probably just go start their own business. Exactly. So yep. you're going to
0: no, get a couple A players. And none of them care as much as you do either. No, they won't. It's just none of it them. is what it is. Yep. And so... To get like the reality is to get out of there, you just have to charge more. You don't have to be more efficient. You don't have to get mm. better leads or cheaper mm-hmm. leads. You don't have to get technicians to sell more. You mm. don't have to uh, try sure. and upsell every customer on this fancy new system. Yeah. You don't have to go towards only doing water heaters. Yeah. La da. You name the excuse. Mm. It's not the case. Nine mm-hmm. times Ninety-nine
1: times out of a hundred, it's mm-hmm. not the problem. The problem is you just need to charge more. And I think what happens to guys in those in that first valley of despair is we'll mm-hmm. go invest in things like, well, if we get the guys sales training, it'll increase efficiency. Yes. Or if we get this new, shall I say, untested form of marketing. Yes. We'll get the leads that we need, and they start to yes. sort of branch out and do these things that yep. at some point could be helpful, but not at this moment. Right. When and it's almost like an example of like the business owner is out of the truck. And so he's like, okay, what am I going to do? Yep. He doesn't have a Google Calendar, so he's just trying to attack whatever problem he can get his hands on. Yep. And instead of doing the simple thing, mm-hmm. relatively simple thing of just raising prices, yep. it's like, okay, well, let's get the guy's sales training, and that'll get him on. We'll feel good. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit the table. Sorry, everybody <laughs> listening, that was just me hitting the table. <laughs> Nothing wrong with your car. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody listens to their podcast in their car. <laughs> yeah, that was a little pre-podcast <laughs> conversation. You know, Kostin could cut into that, you know. Yeah. Um, but instead of trying to find that sales training yeah. to increase efficiency, which honestly, like, or a secret marketing tactic, yeah, and honestly, yeah. even if you got like badass sales training and you raise your efficiency, you would still be in the valley of despair. <laughs> you would like because your yeah. guys would go from fifty five percent to let's say sixty five percent, which I would say would be an incredible increase. That like would that's be some, that's some crazy sales training. It's, that's not going to happen. No, no, and it's not going to get you out of the valley. <laughs> no. It's going to get you like. Climbing
0: up, yep. like yeah, but you're yep. still gonna be, and you'd be there. like, ah, oh, damn it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that and the easiest thing to do, but the thing that nobody wants to do is just raise prices, yeah, because they believe that if they raise prices, the customers are gonna stop buying, yeah, and at some point, that's probably true, but I haven't found it yet, yeah, I don't know where that is, <laughs> yeah. right, um, it, and the thing is, is like if you can, if you can raise your prices, then it's good for you, it's good for your employees, and it really is good for the customer. Yeah. Like it's a win-win-win. There's no, I think Dan Kennedy said, there's no strategic advantage to being the second cheapest in the market, (laughs) but there's a huge strategic advantage to being the most expensive, right? Mm -hmm. Because now you can afford to provide the most value. Mm -hmm. You can afford to pay your employees more, which means you get more employees. Mm -hmm. You can afford to take better care of your customer. You can afford to outmarket all of your competition. Right? Like, there's a huge strategic advantage advantage mm-hmm. to being the most expensive. Mm-hmm. So, like these guys who are calling around and getting prices and figuring out where to price mm-hmm. their services, they should go find the most expensive plumber in their market, figure out what they're charging, and charge more. <laughs> like, sure, that would be the better move to make, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's just a weird belief that we have that there's a limit to how much we can charge the customer, mm-hmm. but there's not. Mm -hmm. there is no limit like the more value you provide the more you can charge right there's a limit to how much value you can provide right but i would argue that word i I business is even hitting that limit like we provide a ton of value but i still see areas to this day where we can provide more value to the customer yes and that's and it's here's the thing and this is get way off topic to the question but it's not even more value like concrete value Mm -hmm. it's Perceived value yes, so and let me tell you what I mean by that because this is a I was having this Discussion with my brother today mm-hmm. because there's tons of businesses out there that are giving out tons of value via You know uniforms booties mm. same-day service, mm-hmm. you know good-looking technicians mm-hmm. upfront prices that kind of stuff mm-hmm. I added value in my company just by communicating to my customers <laughs> that we pay our guys a really good wage, that they have a 401k that we actually care about them. Right? Mm -hmm. So the stuff we were already doing in our company, Mm -hmm. that's valuable to some of our customers because now they're like, you know what, I want to support this company, (laughs) even though, even though they're more expensive, Mm -hmm. because I want to make sure that, you know, I'm supporting companies that are supporting their employees. Mm -hmm. So just by letting Mm -hmm. them know that we take care of our employees, the perceived value of my mm-hmm. company went up, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's a limit to the value. I don't know where it is. There, The only limit to the price is based on how much value you can provide to the customer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know where that is until you,
1: until you try it. And I think that it's like for you, you have not grown complacent in your business, Uh -uh. even at this moment, because there's always opportunity for improvement. Uh And I mean, like, there's some, uh, there's some quote about complacency, but it's something like complacency is like the enemy of innovation. Yeah. Because like early on in the conversation, we're talking about how you're investing in real estate, Mm -hmm. you could become complacent. And then what would happen is you'd probably become just less profitable overall. Yep. Because things that don't, Mm, when we don't maintain things, they start to break. Yeah. It's just a a fact. You even got to, you got to stay hungry. Yeah. It's like, you got to cultivate hunger almost.
0: Yeah. Like Grant Cardone always says, I go broke. What does he say? Four times a year, every quarter. He goes broke. He goes and spends all his money on
1: new investments. Yeah. Mm, I go broke.
0: I go cash (sighs) broke. I'm broke. I got to go make some more money. Mm -hmm. Right. But because of that, he's become really good at making more money. Yeah. Because he puts himself. He's always hungry. Mm. I got to go do this.
1: I'm gonna die if I don't. Okay. Right? So so we cause that we can flip that on the plumbing business owner yeah. because like, especially if you're in that valley of despair, yeah, like, bro, you are hungry whether you know it or not. Yeah. You you have to get out of this or you will go work for somebody else, yeah. inevitably.
0: And the easiest thing to do is just raise prices. Yeah. Know your expenses and know what it takes to cover those expenses yeah. and make a profit. And charge enough to actually make a profit so you can reinvest in your business and get the hell out of there.
1: Right And Trevor, coming back to your question, get the pricing calculator, and then whether it's a small job or a big job, you're going to be charging yeah. what the calculator shows you.
0: Yeah, real quick. The reason I brought all this up, mm-hmm. when you're in that valley of despair, right, mm-hmm. and you've pulled out of the field, you're, you're in the business, mm-hmm. we need a price for that point right there. And the reason is that that is... What I would consider, like number one, if you don't, when you get there, you're just gonna have to raise prices to get out of there. Mm, sure. So you may as well charge it now, so that you can get there as quick as possible and get out of there, right? Or just like,
1: have the momentum to just power right through it. Yeah. Like this, you just touch it, but then you you, just keep you won't even it notice. Through.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, and what that does, like, there's two things there. Number one, if you can just get there and scale past it, then you. The second you start scaling past it, you go to four techs, five techs, six techs, you're gaining margin, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're increasing efficiency mm-hmm. by adding more technicians, mm-hmm. which decreases your risk in your business. Mm-hmm. I would wanna get there as quick as possible. I wouldn't wanna wait around to get there. The fastest way to get there is to price to where you wanna be. Mm-hmm. So start with higher prices based on that valley of despair mm-hmm. and get the, build the margin back mm-hmm. in your business and lower your risk right Mm -hmm. um and it's just it's just a matter of time like it's if you wait two Mm -hmm. years to scale to six guys in that two-year time span the likelihood of something happening that's going to cost you a good amount of money is pretty high right (laughs) but if i can scale to i'm going to change that to five years let's say five years because a lot of guys are like i just want to add one guy a year say in five years you get to six guys in your business or five guys in your business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the chances of something happening that's going to cost you a lot of money in that time span mm-hmm. is super high. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. The longer you almost, go,
0: it's almost like a for sure thing. Yeah. Something's going to happen. That's going to cost you 20 to $30,000. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If you can shorten that time frame to get to six guys to a year, the likelihood of something happening that's going to cost you a ton of money goes way down, mm-hmm. right? And then in the next four years, you're already making good margins. You already have lots of fluff, lowered risk in your business. So mm-hmm. when something does happen, it's not as big of a deal, right? Right. So I would want to get there as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. That's how I think about mm-hmm. it. Um, the other thing is the the valley of despair, right? And you can think of it as like the barrier to entry. Yeah, okay? Yep. Yeah. So the second you have three technicians you have uniforms you're on service titan you have iPads you have a CSR you know you have a way of doing business you've pulled out of the field you've got a shop you know your business is turning the corner and it turns into a real business at right. that point right it's it's a real business it's a real thing mm-hmm. right and it needs to be treated like a real thing mm-hmm. um anybody who wants to become a real business like you at that point and offer the same value that you're bringing to the marketplace, they're going to have to charge as much as you are in order to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So anybody who comes in and doesn't charge that, they're not going to be able to reach that level Mm -hmm. in business, okay? And so there's... you're Like, they literally can't compete with you Mm -hmm. on value because they're not charging enough.
1: Yeah, let me add something here real quick. Yeah. Because... We're not even talking about let's add value to see how expensive we get. To you know, that's not what you do, obviously. But we can keep adding value and raising our prices until the customer rejects it. Like you're not even anywhere near that point. (laughs) You're just that hey, plumbing business is expensive, guy. Yeah. Like to do this, it's expensive. It's like it's this isn't even like this is even like innovative value, right? This is just the bare minimum. Yep. So when we talk about this quote unquote four hundred dollar per hour, like we're like bare minimum. Yes. So like, there's nothing and, here that's and like that's, this is what the market can bear, blah 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 kind of thing. And that's why we say
0: 400. Typically around the United States, we never see anything less than 400. Yeah. Some places it's 450. Some places it's five. Some places it's 550. Some places it's six. Some places it's closer to seven. Yeah. Depending on the area you're at and how expensive it is to operate your business there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And like to answer his, you know, his question, the To your point, like it's expensive to run your business. Mm -hmm. So when you go do a service call, Mm -hmm. you have to charge that. Yeah. You don't have an option. Yes. Like if you want a business that makes a profit, Mm -hmm. you absolutely have to charge that Mm -hmm. or you won't make a profit. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to make a profit, why would you do it? Yeah. Like what's the
1: point? This is just going to be a headache when you stall out at your first Valley of Despair. Yep. And you're just going to be there spinning your wheels, trying to figure out how to get more leads. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's where it's going to be if you don't charge
0: more. Yeah. So you just, you have to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The other side of that is the customer doesn't care, Mm. right? The customer wants somebody to come fix their problem. The problem is that on those little jobs, like that service work, right? There's a lot of companies or a lot of guys, one truck chucks, who are like, I don't want to go do that because I don't make any money on it. Right. So I know I always tell the story of the guy that called me mm-hmm. when I was $120 an hour. And he said, Hey man, I'm just looking for somebody to come change my toilet flapper. And I was like, well, I mean, to be honest with you, like I can come change your toilet flapper, but it's not really worth my time because it's going to take me like five minutes and it's like a $5 material. And even if I build you for a whole hour, it's only going to be like 130 bucks. Yeah, And, I've got, I get tons of calls. Like, I could go to these other jobs that mm-hmm. I can bill out four or five hours and mm-hmm. I'll make way more money. And he's like, I don't, I don't care what it costs. I just need my toilet flapper yeah, fixed. I've been right? trying to get this problem he's, solved. Yeah. Man. He's like, I have called everybody that I can find to come replace my toilet flapper and I can't get anybody to come do it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, just charge me what you need to charge me to make it worth it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, d- it didn't even click in my head at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, but later on, it was like, oh, I get it now. That mm-hmm. He was willing to pay me whatever I had to charge him to make it worth it to go change that toilet flapper. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you have to do with your business. Mm-hmm. You have to go, what does it cost me to go change that toilet flapper? And how much do I need to make on that toilet flapper in order to hit my profit margins, mm-hmm. right? And that's what the calculator will help you do. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to somebody's house and they need a toilet flapper change, you're willing to go do it because you know you're going to make a profit on it. Mm -hmm. And there's a thousand other plumbers out there that aren't willing to go do it Mm -hmm. because they're not going to make any money on it, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to, and the customer wants you to. Mm -hmm. It's just how it is.
1: And I think if we, if there's a sense that like, oh, I could never charge that much, mm-hmm. like that's only because for however long people haven't been charging enough. So Dude, yeah. There's a, a perception that plumbing is something that can be done at $200 per hour. Yep. And it's actually a real business, which is only because people have been charging around there for long enough for the customers to get acquainted with that cost.
0: Yeah, there is no such thing as... Going rate, there is no such thing yeah, as... Yeah, that's, that's like
1: a... Like, if you Google search, what is the average <coughs> national average of a per hour plumber? Because customers will do that, but, like, it's just, like... It's just... It's nothing. It's, but, even if it's based upon the current, don't assume that that is actually correct, because if I, 90, can tell you right now it's not
0: If correct. 90% of people are undercharging, then <laughs> the average is going to be way too low, mm-hmm. right? And if what Dan Kennedy says is true, there's no strategic advantage of being second cheapest but there is a huge advantage to being the most expensive, mm-hmm. then why would you go off average anyways? Right. Right. Yeah, sure, of course. Why would you be... Yeah. And, but yeah. I'll get, like, guys on TikTok or mm-hmm. Instagram all the time being like, oh, there's no way I can charge $400 in my area. 120 is the going rate. Mm-hmm. Going rate is means nothing. Yeah. Like, it literally <laughs> yeah. means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like It's arbitrary. Going rate <laughs> means there's people in your area charging 120 It's like, so freaking what? Yeah, It doesn't matter what they're charging. Yeah. Are they profitable? Are they making money? Yeah. How are they making money? You don't yeah. even know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You Like, instead of focusing on what they're charging, you need to focus on what do I need to be charging in mm-hmm. order to be profitable, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the best thing to do is, above and beyond that, it's like, what do I need to charge to be profitable? And what do I need to charge to be able to market to my customer effectively sure. and get the work that I need to get? And that's how you're going to make money, right? Yes. Um, those guys might not be doing any marketing there might be a bunch of one truck chucks that people just hire because they're cheap right mm-hmm. I always say you can't run a business off word of mouth well the reason I say that is because the guys who are running off of word of mouth they typically don't have a business right they have a really they have a job yes and word of mouth works for them because they're cheap mm-hmm. and so people recommend them because mm-hmm. they're like dude I hired the plumber the other day it was 500 bucks mm-hmm.
1: and they're like, oh dude I got this guy he's cheap right? Yeah. 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 Call this guy. And, but here, it's always this. I got this guy, he's cheap, and he does good work. Yeah. Because again, because within the plumbing community, there is a high appreciation for quality work, but yeah. then there is a, a low acknowledgement of it costs a lot of money to deliver quality work. Yeah. And so the customer is like, dude, we got a steal here, which uh-huh. is exactly what it is. Yeah. And the customer doesn't know, like the customer that's just doesn't, this is what they got. It's like what everybody's charging. So that's what it's supposed to be in their mind.
0: The customer doesn't understand what it costs to run a plumbing business, what it costs you to send that person out to their house. So there's a guy in our, in our coaching program. He's been in the plumbing business around the service industry for 30 plus years. Right. Mm-hmm. And he always tells me, he's like, he said, 33 years ago, we were charging $200 an hour. 33 years ago. That's crazy. Things were cheap back then. And they were, they were like, that was the rate that the company he worked for was charging. Right. And we, when he first got into our course, I think he was still charging like 250 an hour. Mm -hmm. And the, and he'd been in business for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Super cool guy. Um, He just didn't quite like, it just didn't click in his head for some reason.
1: Well, because if, if you look around and your environment is saying, this is acceptable. Mm -hmm. And you say, all right, well, if everybody says it's cool, who am I to say it's not cool? But even if you like smell a canary in the coal mine, you know, you're like, I'll just ignore it. We'll just keep on keeping on.
0: Yeah. So if it was like 30 years ago, if you were to charge $200 an hour and that's what it took you to make a profit and cover Mm -hmm. your expenses, things have not gotten cheaper. Yeah. I think 30 years (laughs) ago, you could buy a new pickup truck for $15,000. Yeah. Now, what are they? 60 or 80? Yeah. Depends
1: on uh, the options. Yeah.
0: I guarantee you, my general comp insurer, my workers' comp insurance, and my general liability is probably ten times what it was back then, yeah. right? Because people didn't make as much money as they make now. Mm-hmm. So we've stuck with this like old price for so incredibly long, mm-hmm. and really, all the people who aren't charging enough, they're bringing the whole trade down. Mm-hmm. The the value perception from the customer standpoint, mm-hmm. the reason they don't value a plumber's time enough mm-hmm. uh, because most people are undercharging and mm-hmm. it's bringing the value of what we do down. Yep. Um, so the more people and the more businesses we can get actually charging what mm-hmm. we're worth, mm-hmm. um, it's going to raise the value of all of us, right? It's going to yes. raise the perception of the customer of like, oh, mm-hmm. plumbers mm-hmm. are expensive. Mm-hmm. They're also going to go, plumbers make good money mm-hmm. i want to go be a plumber right which is going to increase the amount of plumbers that we have right yeah
1: yeah because it's not the like it's not the type of work that keep people out of the plumbing trade it's the type of work plus the low pay yeah it's just like okay well if they if there's if i knew that this path people are gonna push back on this they're gonna be like sure i make a hundred thousand a year it's like okay it's like cool
0: good yeah, good. <laughs> why not make one hundred and fifty? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, if you go look at like average pay for a plumber, service plumber, it's mm-hmm. like fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I know, like here where we're at in Florida, they don't make hardly beans. Right, and it's to me, it it's not that much cheaper to live here than it is in Alaska. No, right? I don't think
1: so. You got a different stuff. Yeah, it's
0: just different expenses. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit cheaper, but not mm-hmm. much. Not mm-hmm. like my plumbers are making one hundred and forty. Down here, they're making 50. Right. There's not a $90,000 decrease in living expenses, right? If there
1: was, I would be like, wow, it's great down here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, groceries are still like 400 bucks a week, so. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Anyway, did we answer Homeboy's question?
1: Yeah, and I think, like, he really, it seemed to me that he was going to have trouble selling at that hour. Right, like just whatever, because he'll get the calculator, he'll run it, and he'll see where he needs to be. But I think there's just, again, a lack of confidence in selling at that hour. Yeah. Because again, when you look around and your perception is nobody is doing this, how am I going to actually confidently do this? There's companies, I
0: guarantee you, I don't know where he's at, but I guarantee you there's a company in his area, or if he's super rural, there may Mm -hmm. be a company like in the next city over Mm -hmm. that's charging more than $400 an hour, I guarantee it.
1: Well, because ultimately, again, price is an objective part of your business. Yeah. There's I nothing chal- about it that's like feeling based or no. market based. It's like, not nah, if you want to do this, yep. you can make money charging this much. The other option is you yep. can charge less, but you're just not going to make money yep. and you're not going to get out of the valley of despair.
0: Yeah. And really what it is, is so when you start a business, a plumbing business, right, you take on these expenses to start this business. And you only take on expenses that allow you to bring value to the customer. So that allow you to serve the customer. So like you buy vans, you buy tools, you hire guys, you do marketing because all of those things allow you to go serve the customer. Right. Mm -hmm. So your expenses are a direct representation. They're like a dollar amount of Mm -hmm. what it it costs you to provide that value. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you. Like you need to cover that, obviously, mm-hmm. but nobody's going to be able to come in and provide that value for any cheaper. Yeah, because right? they
1: got to buy the same stuff. You got to go from the buy the
0: exact same stuff, yep. right? So if anybody wants to come in and provide the value that you're offering, they're going to have to be as expensive as you. Yeah, and that's why it's objective because there's no fluff in there. There is no fluff. Yep. If you want to, ch- if you want to provide the value, you have to charge the money.
1: Yep. It's just how it
0: is. Or you don't have a business, yeah, right?
1: <laughs> or you're you're not bringing the value because you're skimping on things like, well, I buy old vehicles or I yep. make my guys buy their own tools or they work out of their own trucks. All mm-hmm. these things that then make your company look less reliable to the customer. Yep. Yep. It lowers your perceived value. Yes. Yeah. So you had a conversation today with your brother. Yeah. I and mean, we sort of touched on that just very barely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What what did you guys talk about? So, you know, my brother owns a marketing company and so he gets Bless a lot. his heart. <laughs> Bless his heart, dude. <laughs> that's the
0: worst business to be in. Yeah. It really is. You like, really have
1: to have a passion for like that kind of thing.
0: You do. Like dealing with the the so like plumbers are brutal on their marketing companies. I'll just say that. Yeah. Because they hire one, they're like, this guy freaking sucks, and they split. And really it's not the marketing company that sucks, it's the business owner. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, d- yes, there's some marketing companies I'm sure that actually do suck. Sure. Of course. But I think for the most part, it's a lack of understanding of what marketing is on the plumbers and, mm-hmm. and it's a lack of like commitment to stick with something. And mm-hmm. it's a lack of like just running their business properly on their mm-hmm. end. Like if you have a crappy business and somebody sends you leads all day long, mm-hmm. it's not going to fix your business. Right. You <laughs> right. still have a crappy business. Right. So, you need to learn how to run a good business and then put leads in it. And if mm. you're priced right, you will make money, right? Mm-hmm. and so the the marketing companies get the short end of that stick, right because they're they're just bringing in people mm. and then they fail as a business. And
1: so then they fire the marketing company and they go to the next one. Again, because if we remember if we're spinning our wheels in the valley of despair, yeah. When we hire a marketing company to get us leads, but we never fix our pricing. Yeah. It's not gonna, so we can't it's not gonna get afford us out the leads. of there. Yeah. Right. And the marketing company be like, dude, it's five hundred bucks a lead. And you're like, that's insane. This guy's crazy. Right. And so I was talking
0: with my brother and he's like, Man, I'm getting these I'm having these consultations with these guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're coming in and I don't know when to tell them to hire me. Mm. And I was like, okay. So he, he's his. The first conversation was like, you know, these guys, I can do marketing for them, but then a lot of times they don't answer their phone, mm. or they sure. after hours are turning their phones off, and it's going to voicemail. Should they hire a answering service to answer their phones after hours? Oh,
1: because he's saying that the calls that because
0: he's sending he's them still leads sending them
1: leads after hours after but, like, hours they're just.
0: And they're just letting them go to voicemail and they're losing them, yeah. right? And I I told them, I, my my answer for that was like, no, they shouldn't hire an answering service because they likely don't have a CRM for that answering service to book calls in, right? Yeah. So they got to have some way to book a call. Like the one we work with only works with service type. Yeah. So you would have to be on service Titan in order to take advantage of the yeah. after hours phone service. But if they're getting like one to two book calls a day, I was like, you sh- they should just hire a CSR mm-hmm. because a CSR, number one, will be able to answer calls all day long. Right. So they'll be able to, during business hours, mm. you know, be able to soak up a lot of the leads that you're sending them, take mm-hmm. advantage of those leads, book them into jobs. Mm-hmm. And then also it would make them seem way more professional, mm-hmm. right? Raise their perceived value. Mm-hmm. The customer would automatically, because somebody else was answering the phone, it sounded mm-hmm. like they worked in an office, mm-hmm. Was answering the phone and getting them on the schedule, mm-hmm. the perceived value of the company goes up. Also, if that CSR then makes a really professional voicemail recording, for a you know, a homeowner to call a company and get a voicemail recording after hours right. is acceptable in their mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they can wait to have the work done, they'll leave a voicemail and expect a call back. Right. And if you call them back in a timely manner, like first thing in the morning. Oh yeah then they're not going to have any problem doing business with you. No, cuz that's normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so you will lose less leads that way mm-hmm. just by having a nice voicemail and actually calling people back. Mm-hmm. So that would be so that <laughs> wait, would wait, wait, be wait. like What? Wow. <laughs> so that would be like a better like situation for mm-hmm. that, right? <clears throat> and then he's like, "Okay, well So when should they hire me to do their marketing, right?" He's like, "I'm having a hard time cuz I'm getting these guys in and they're they're in they're in their one truck chuck mm-hmm. they need more work but you know my fee is thousands of dollars a month mm-hmm. so and and i feel bad asking them to pay me mm. and they have a hard time paying me mm-hmm. so when should that transaction happen mm-hmm. and i was and i told them flat out i was like it should, it should happen like they start their business day 1 day 2 they hire a marketing company yeah. right or day 1 they start their business day 2 they this is day two and this is day yeah, one yeah. for some reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this
0: one. Day two, right? Yeah. Day two, they get their pricing right. Yeah. Day three, they go hire a marketing company. Yeah. And so, like, if I was to do it all over again, I would go, I mean, this is kind of what I did. I would, I already had the credit card, but I would go get a 0% interest for your credit card and go hire a marketing company. Yep. And I'd put that that's marketing on. That's
1: free money right there, dude. free money. <laughs> I'd
0: go put that marketing on that credit card until I was making enough money to where I could pay it off. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have marketing, you don't have a customer. And if you don't have a customer to serve, you can't go make any money. It's like one of the foundations of your business. Huge right? foundation. Huge. Um, and so, and and from the the person who's in those shoes, like, it's, okay, I want to have a successful plumbing business, what are the steps I need to take? Mm -hmm. Let's say I want to get to three guys. I want to pull out of the Mm -hmm. van and Mm -hmm. I want to be in the office. What are the steps I need to take? Mm -hmm. I need to hire three guys. I need to hire a CSR. I need four vans. Um, I need service Titan. Um, I need, you know, I need to make sure I'm priced right. Um, so now let's break those steps down into actionable yep. steps. Let's we just get a, have our big goals and then let's, we have our actionable steps. Let's get a plan, right? Throw it on our Google calendar. <laughs> let's get a plan. Okay. Day one, I need a business license and the stuff to start a business. Right. Done. Day two, I need to know that if I go to somebody's house, I can actually make money. So let's download my pricing calculator and get that figured out. Mm-hmm. If I haven't, I'll just charge 400 an hour. It'll be good enough for that guy at that mm-hmm. point in time. Um, day number three, Man, now I need customers, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe day number three, I need a van and tools so that I can actually go service the customer. I need my minimum viable product is what we would call that. Mm -hmm. So go get a van, go get the tools, maybe put a little bit of stock in it. I probably wouldn't even do that. Day four, marketing. Yeah. So I would go... Like legit too. Legit. Not like
1: weenie like... No. No fake marketing like the expensive kind that you're going to stick with for a long time like your brother's company that's legit and does plumbing business and can do all the things yep go get a credit card and be willing to spend good money on marketing and that does a couple of things because one it's going to actually allow you to have that marketing in place when you need it yep when you actually need to put cash into it and see a result yep and then two it's going to put your back right up against that wall yep it's going to create this need in you to actually go out and do the stuff and we're
0: assuming like this person doesn't have any money. Obviously, if you have money, you can just hire a marketing company. Yeah. And use your <laughs> yeah, cash. Yeah, sure. Like ideally, everybody would have some cash reserves, but mm-hmm. I mean that's not everybody's case. Right. Like me, when I started my business, I had two kids, a wife, we had a mm-hmm. home, we had a car, we had food. I didn't make I I didn't make a ton of money to put away cash as a plumber, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I put it on a credit card. Mm-hmm. I didn't want I had some cash. I didn't want to spend it all. Um, so I put it on a credit card Mm -hmm. and then paid it off and I ended up paying it off in the first month. Yeah. So it wasn't that big of a deal,
1: but you were hungry too. Like you would go out there and you would would get after it. Oh yeah.
0: I was hungry. Um, so they need to be hiring a marketing company like pronto. Right. Yeah. So if you, if you, and the thing is they need to be willing to spend money on a lead. Mm. So. Part of the thing with my brother is he'll get calls mm-hmm. and he'll do a market analysis for you, just mm-hmm. totally free if anybody needs it. It's super valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to mammothforplumbers.com, get a free market analysis, get the information you need, whether you buy or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I would highly recommend it. I'm not paid by him. I don't get anything for that. I just know it's a valuable service. Yeah, he just gets a good thank you card at Christmas. Yeah, with a million dollars in it. No, yeah, just no big deal. <laughs> just kidding.
1: Um, yeah, your brother only wishes yeah. he'd give you a gift like
0: that. <laughs> oh, I wish he'd give me a gift like that. That'd be rad. mm mm-hmm. um, So, you know, he'll do a market analysis, and he will he can tell you, like, how much it's going to cost for a lead from Google Pay-Per-Click. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he might come to you and be like, Hey, okay, I did a market analysis on where you're at and where your plumbing business is at. You know, it's gonna cost you four hundred dollars for a lead from pay-per-click. Mm-hmm. Are you prepared to pay that price for a lead? Mm. And a lot of the plumbing business owners are like, Holy shit,
1: no way. Mm-hmm. Like
0: that four hundred dollars just to get a phone call. Yeah. And then I may or may not even book that call, number one. Right. And then when I do go to their house, like I'm only charging hundred and twenty dollars an hour, <sighs> like what if I just changed their toilet flapper? I just lost
1: three $300, right? Yeah, obviously, marketing companies are a scam.
0: Yeah. And so, or it's just not worth it, right? Ah, yeah. uh, like paper looks way too expensive. Yeah, right? or go do or, something else. Or, yeah, whatever. Gee, that's all too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is, like, number one, you're not priced right. But even if you are priced right, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. even if you're charging $400 sure. an hour and it's costing you $400 for a lead, mm-hmm. and you're, th- like, a lot of guys start thinking, okay, so... Mm. If I'm $400 an hour and I'm paying $400 for lead, even if I book that job and I go do it and sell the customer on work, if it's only an hour, I didn't make any money. Yep. Right. And so they're not, It's and it's hard when you're in the beginning stages of your business, mm. but what ends up happening is there's a few things that come into play there. Mm-hmm. Number one, if you're the most expensive in your area, which I would recommend, mm-hmm. then you're gonna be able to pay the most for a lead, right? Yeah. So, yeah, sure. And here's the thing that Google lead is $400 for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's $400 because somebody else is willing to pay $399 for it. Yeah. Right? Yep. That means that business is able to go make money even though they're paying $399 for a lead. Mm-hmm. How is that? Mm-hmm. Right? And how can you do that in your business? Mm-hmm. It's literally just by charging enough, mm-hmm. right? Um, So accounting for, like, it doesn't matter what, like, if you go, if you go download our hourly rate calculator, right, Mm -hmm. and you put all your expenses in and you put a marketing budget for the year Mm -hmm. of Mm $200,000, okay, it'll tell you on the bottom of our calculator how many hours you need to bill out Mm -hmm. every single day and every single week in order to cover all of your expenses mm-hmm. and make a profit right okay and it'll tell you what you need to charge per hour in order to cover all those expenses mm-hmm. and a profit okay so if you have that budget in your calculator so it's worked into your hourly rate and you sell enough hours mm-hmm. right then you can spend as much as you have to on marketing mm-hmm it's just a matter of charging the customer for what you're spending on marketing. Mm-hmm. So there really is no limit to what you can pay for a lead, right right? So mm-hmm. so as long as you're billing out enough hours, you're gonna cover your marketing spend. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the other thing. Some guys will go like this. They'll do all the stuff I just said, mm-hmm. they'll fill out the calculator, they'll put the stuff in there, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, I'm not selling enough hours. It'll be like okay so what do you need to do to sell more hours i gotta get more work yes how do you get more work get more marketing yes what does that take like what are you gonna have to do to do more marketing mm, spend more money you're gonna have to spend more money mm. so you go into your calculator mm-hmm. and you raise your budget on your marketing mm-hmm. and then it raises your hourly rate so you raise your hourly rate in your business mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you start getting enough work to cover to
1: bill enough hours to cover all the stuff you spent on plus a profit margin, Mm. right? And really the caveat with that, what you just said there, is that is assuming that you've had this marketing company long enough for it actually to work in this way.
0: Yeah, you got to give your marketing company like 90 days minimum. Yeah, minimum 90 days. Absolute minimum. And then the other thing to keep in mind is like, marketing companies are afraid to spend your money. Yes. And so you as the the plumber have to be very aggressive in spending Mm -hmm. your money. So... They will go through and say, Okay, you need how many leads do you need? And you'll say, Oh man, if I could just get you know this many a day, Mm -hmm. then I'd be good. And the marketing companies could say, Okay, we can we think we can get you that many leads for this amount of money. I would always say, Okay, let's spend double, and I would go (laughs) put that, I would go, Yeah, go put it in your hourly rate. I go put it in my budget and I would go in. And make sure that I'm charging enough to cover that. And if I get extra leads, mm. perfect. Yeah. I'll go hire somebody. Yeah. Right. The point is to get the leads. Yeah, because you're trying who, to grow anyway. Yeah, the person who spends the most gets the leads.
1: Yeah. Right. It's, and again, like that person who's spending the most is going to have the customer pay for it. Yes. And so. Okay. And, and also, just like. When you guys look at that hourly rate calculator, like yep. when you put in your marketing budget, yeah, like of two hundred thousand dollars, yep. like how much do you think that raises the hour the hourly rate to I the have, customer? It well it depends on how many service vehicles you have, right? Sure.
0: The more service vehicles you have, the less it's gonna raise raise the rate. Right, right. Because what about with just
1: four service vehicles?
0: Well, it's gonna raise over out of no idea. It's A probably somewhere
1: it's probably somewhere between like if you go two hundred thousand dollars in there, my guess is somewhere if we just With the stock calculator, don't mess with anything. It's going to be like 40 to 50 bucks an hour.
0: If you go from 100 to 200 on your marketing spend, you're probably going to see like a $30 increase per hour. So if your minimum is like if you're already at 400, right, and you go to a job, typical job is two hours long, typical service call, Mm -hmm. and you instead bill the customer. So that'd be an $800 bill Mm -hmm. versus a eight hundred and sixty dollar bill mm. to get way more customers. Yes. Right? That's the difference. Yes. That's not going to make it or break it for the customer. No. There's no freaking way.
1: So there's no put like there is no space for a pushback that says like, well it's not right to charge the customer that much to this, that, and the other thing. It's like yeah. it's not when it actually when you actually put it in your rate, it doesn't turn into this crazy amount. It's not like your hourly rate goes up by hundreds of dollars right. to cover that marketing cost. Exactly.
0: So you so if you have a calculator, that's the cool thing about it is you can go in and you can see oh, if I just spend more on marketing, it actually doesn't affect my hourly rate that much. Mm -hmm. And now I can actually get customers.
1: And it gives you the confidence to then go back to your marketing company and be like, no, 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 it's okay. I want to spend this much. Yes. Yes. Um,
0: Yes, very important. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to the $400 lead, right? Okay. Because a lot of, like, here's another problem. Plumbers, for some reason, they get obsessed over ROI. Mm -hmm.
1: That's probably what they're told to get. They are. That's how marketing companies pitch the idea of what they do is through the mechanism of return on investment.
0: Yep. And so a lot of plumbers want to know, okay, what's my ROI on my pay-per-click? What's my ROI on my GLSA? What's what's my ROI on my Facebook and Instagram ad spend? Mm -hmm. And if they don't see an ROI, they don't want to do it. Right. Um, and I have two, like I have a major problem with that. Mm-hmm. Not that it's bad to know what your ROI is. Sure. Data is helpful. Data is very helpful. It can tell you where to better spend your money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would measure my my ROI as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one that I'm really going to be concerned about. If I spend five hundred thousand dollars total on all of my marketing, okay, my marketing as a whole, then I want to know that. Okay, five hundred thousand, and I got X amount of phone calls into my business. That means a lead cost mm-hmm. me this much money, right? right? And it's like when I do that for my business, it's actually very cheap. Mm. I get really cheap leads, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because sure. a lot of people, like a lot of people, call me from a lot of different sources. Right. Some of those sources are five hundred dollars a lead. Mm-hmm. Some of those sources are free. Some of those sources are thirty dollars a lead. Some mm-hmm. of them are seven dollars a lead. Mm-hmm. Most of them, we really truly have no idea where they came from. Yeah. You don't know what touch points
1: triggered the transaction decision.
0: Yes. They may have called us through pay-per-click, but we don't know why they chose us over the other person. Right. Did they see our van? Did somebody tell them about us? Did they see our Facebook ads? Did they Mm -hmm. see our Instagram account? What did they see that made them hire us? Like, why did they choose us, right? Mm -hmm. We have no clue, Mm -hmm. no idea, and there's no way to track it. So there's really no true way to measure ROI right. on a specific lead source. Mm-hmm. The only ROI you can truly measure is this is what I spend on marketing. Mm-hmm. This is how many phone calls I get in my business. Yes. That yep. is the only actual measurement that you can measure. Yep. Gross marketing spend, <coughs> gross phone calls. And it doesn't and it doesn't matter if you're spending five hundred dollars for this lead source and thirty dollars for this lead source and a dollar for this lead source or whatever. Right. right. It's the whole picture that counts. Yeah. Um, The other thing is like for pay-per-click, specifically because leads are more expensive, Like, number one, don't think about it just as leads. Think about it as branding as well. When somebody goes on Google and they search for a plumber and they see two plumbers, even if they don't choose you, they're still seeing your name. Mm -hmm. So that guy comes and does a piss-poor job or doesn't answer his phone or whatever, guess who they're calling? They're calling you. Mm -hmm. They might just go Google your name at that point And Mm -hmm. now that lead isn't attributed to that pay-per-click campaign, right? Yep. So you can't measure it, um, and you need to measure the whole, right? Yeah. The whole system. So the other thing is um, you have to think about lifetime. You need to think about lifetime value of your customer as Mm -hmm. well, which is – and I want to say lifetime gross profit Mm. of – the customer, lifetime value, gross profit value, we'll call it. Okay, sure. So how much gross profit are you going to make off that customer in the lifetime of the customer? Mm -hmm. If you're new in business, you have no idea, Yep. right? If you put good systems in place to retain your customers for a long time. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you actually go do a good job. You provide a membership plan where they can become a member with you. um, You put in these systems to be able to retain customers. Then your lifetime gross profit is going to go up. Mm-hmm. So essentially, that customer is going to use you more often mm-hmm. without you having to pay for them as a right. new customer, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about getting a lead from Google for five hundred bucks, yeah. um, your lifetime gross profit on that customer might be thousands of dollars. Sure, right. In which case it makes a lot of sense to acquire that customer. Even if I don't make money off Mm -hmm. that first transaction, Mm -hmm. even if I just break even on that first transaction, Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense to grab that customer, right. Mm -hmm. And then make money on them over time. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that like people aren't willing to do. Mm -hmm. And it's the, when you can do the things that people aren't willing to do, Mm -hmm. that's what's going to make you successful. Yes. Right. Because most people aren't willing to do them. Yes. And so if you do mm-hmm. and you figure mm-hmm. out how to make money at them mm-hmm. by retaining the customer longer, mm-hmm. that's how you're going to make money. Mm-hmm. That's how you're going to win over your competition. Mm-hmm.
1: What about can, like where does like an um, average ticket come into this conversation?
0: I mean, you can think about average ticket as well. Like mm-hmm. so our average ticket is $2,950. Mm-hmm. So um the reason I like the Gross lifetime profit yeah. is that it gives you a better idea. Like average ticket
1: includes materials, right? So ah, it's sure. it's a revenue number again. Mm, to sure. where sure it's there's some uh nuances in there that have, yeah. that you can't just look at and understand by seeing the number.
0: Yeah. And I can say, okay, so average tickets twenty nine fifty. Yeah. You know, we hit twenty-five percent profit margins. That means twenty-five percent of that is profit. Yeah. Just hands down. Yeah. Or you can think of it like this average ticket is Two thousand nine hundred fifty dollars. I paid five hundred dollars for a lead. Twenty five percent of this twenty nine fifty is probably materials. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the green. Yeah. I still made money on the call. Right? Yeah, but you have to do a couple jumps
1: to to <coughs> get there, right?
0: Yeah, and you can think about. I mean, like when you're thinking about paying five hundred dollars for lead, you can say, okay, what can I do to maximize my average ticket in my mm-hmm. business? Like, how can I how can I maximize like, when I get that customer the first time, rather than going there and just replacing the flapper, mm-hmm. how can I maximize that opportunity mm-hmm. um, so that I make as much money on that first call as I possibly can? Yeah, Those are all good things to do. Yeah. Um, offer them options. Offer them long-term fixes. Mm-hmm. Get to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Don't just fix the symptom, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all ways that you can maximize every single call. Mm-hmm. Those aren't easy things to do, sure. Um, but you can systemize them in your business and you should. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that, again, most people aren't willing to do. And Mm -hmm. if you can do them, then you can afford to pay the $500 for the lead. Mm -hmm. And then you can basically kill your competition Mm -hmm. because you're doing your business
1: better. Right. It seems to be that instead of looking at when you get the marketing analysis and they're like, oh, yeah, it's $500 for pay-per-click to get a lead in this area, you don't go, oh, that's too much. You go, yeah. okay, well, I have to figure out how to acquire that cost. Yes, like, rather
0: than looking at it and saying, that's too much. No thank you. No thank you. That would be dumb. You need to look <laughs> at it and go, cool, it's $500 to get a new customer. What do I got to do in my business mm-hmm. to make money at that? Yep. How do I make money paying $500 for a customer? Yeah, because it's... It's like you have to. Everybody's paying five hundred dollars for yeah. a pay per click customer. Yeah, it's like you have to. Everybody. So so you so
1: you can there's a there's a solution to this problem.
0: Yep. And the solution is raise your prices to cover the cost of pay-per-click in your mm-hmm. business. <laughs> yes. And then make sure you're optimizing the first call. Mm-hmm. And then make sure you're getting more calls after the first call. Yeah. Right. So retain those customers as mm-hmm. long as possible. And that's any business. Yes. That's just normal business yes every single business sure, yeah we're are, not
1: talking about like crazy concepts that this are isn't, unique to the plumbing world yeah. or anything like that
0: yes yeah, nothing special mm-hmm. this is just normal business concepts mm-hmm. that every normal business deals with mm-hmm. and the reason it's so weird for plumbers is because mm-hmm. we're not business guys we're plumbers right yep. we for started th- out turning wrenches putting hangers up and putting pipe in it right <laughs> um yeah. amen brother amen <laughs> amen yeah um, and telling really
1: bad stories at break time, yeah, <laughs> which are really funny stories in retrospect, yeah, about how cool we are, yeah, dang man, yeah, how strong our legs are, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so the only reason they're weird concepts to plumbers mm-hmm. and it's weird to like apply them to plumbing business is just because mm. we're not business people, yeah. but if you want to have a successful business, mm-hmm. you need to become a businessman Mm. right you need to become a successful ceo Mm -hmm. you need to understand business concepts Mm -hmm. how they apply to the plumbing world i guarantee if you call around you find the most expensive plumbing company in town and you went and talked to the owner or the ceo of that company he would tell you all of these things he would be a very good businessman Mm -hmm. right he would understand marketing spend how much he has to charge the customer he would know his average ticket. Mm-hmm. He would know his lifetime gross profit value, mm-hmm. right? He would understand all of these things.
1: Mm-hmm. And so you you just have to start understanding that stuff. Yep. It's just how it is. What? How did that conversation with your brother end? Like where did you guys get to in that conversation?
0: Um, It was good. He, he got a better understanding of like mm-hmm. where, where guys are at because it's hard for him because he doesn't want to yeah. push guys into buying his service. Sure. And I... Kind of ended in like, hey, man, if you really cared about their success, right. you would push them to buy your most expensive package right? because that's the one where they're going to get the most results. Yeah. So if you have somebody that wants to be successful, then you have a mm-hmm. duty to push them to buy your best service, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like if he's underpriced, he's not going to be able to provide the value to the the plumber right Mm -hmm. so like you know the old saying you get what you pay for yeah it's been more true than not in my life like it's been true more times than not Mm -hmm. because when you pay for something that's expensive Mm -hmm. that person now has the resources Mm -hmm. to be able to fulfill on what you want them to fulfill on yeah right and when something goes wrong Mm -hmm. they now have the resources to fix it Mm mm-hmm And when they need to go to the extra mile to get you better results, they now have the resources to be able to do that because you paid them more. Mm -hmm. So for like plumbers listening to this, when you're going to hire a marketing company, go hire a damn good marketing company, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And pay them good money Mm -hmm. because it will be worth its weight in gold Mm -hmm. because they will have the resources to fulfill on what they need to fulfill on, which is jobs for your plumbing company, which if you're priced right... Is lots of money, right? It's like a it's like the box. You put money in the marketing yep. box, the marketing box spits out phone calls, right? And form fills on your website, mm-hmm. and as long as you build the ability to take those phone calls and form fills and turn them into booked jobs, mm-hmm. and then have the ability to turn that booked job into a paid job. Mm-hmm and have the ability to make a profit on those paid Mm jobs, that turns that marketing box into a money printing machine.
1: Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
0: And so to hire a cheap money printing machine would be (laughs) a bad idea.
1: It's going to print off some weird looking money. Yeah, it's going to be dumb. Mm -hmm.
0: I would want to hire a really good money printing Mm -hmm. machine right? because I want to get lots of phone calls and lots of form fills so that I can make as much money as possible. Mm
1: -hmm. That's how I think about it. Cool, man. Um, Jeez. I think that pretty much covers it, don't it? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Cool, dude. Uh, Well, like I said, the calculator's in the link on YouTube below. Yep. Um, Sometimes I get this like when I'm looking through all the conversations that we get where guys are like, I've got hundreds of these calculators. Yeah. But it's like Dude, we use this calculator. Yeah. Like, Jared, you use this exact same calculator. I use it, it every, this isn't just yep. something for us to get your information so we can send you more emails. Nope. Like, this is actually a tool we expect you to use Yep. because it's actually helpful. It's actually usable. So, like, if you, if you put that if into you your business and you incorporate it, like, you will actually do better in your business just because you, you have a better tool. If you don't have
0: something like it, you are not going to be able to be successful. And if you're skeptical
1: that it doesn't work, you have to ask yourself the questions, am I misusing the tool, which yep. you can watch the video, especially when Jared updates it and make sure you're using it correctly, <laughs> yep. or are you just disagreeing with the results of the tool? Yeah. Like, are you disagreeing with the price? Or you're disagreeing with all these things, and so you're not willing to make the steps? Yep. And then I would say just like, continue to listen to this podcast because we can help dismantle all those mm, limiting beliefs that hold you back from charging what you need to to be successful. Yep. Cool, dude. Cool, man. Hit the table. See, Holmes.